is an hour before scheduled time-ish. <laughs> My name is Danielle McCartan. Good evening, New York sports fans. On this Sunday fun day, it is Danielle at dinner time, 5 o'clock on the dot. If you grew up in my household, dinner was on the table. I know mom and dad, you're listening right now. So we'll be talking all things New York sports all the way through sunset, all the way through Danielle at dessert time, all the way till 10 p.m. in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the next couple of hours, whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFAN.com or on our free Odyssey app. And of course, we are here in the Big Apple and Paul Rosenberg, the great Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Carton Roberts slash Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. So go ahead. 877-337-6666. Taking your calls right here in this first segment. Get aboard. I have no idea what we're going to have to talk about for the next five hours. Really, nothing's been going on. Are you kidding me? And oh, and by the way, just a programming thing. Joining us to talk about the relaunch, the rebirth ceremony of the historical Hinchliffe Stadium in Patterson will be the mayor of Patterson, Andre Saya. And, uh, you know, nothing political at all. Come on. You know me by now. Just a baseball history discussion between two baseball fans. So if that intrigues you, just make sure to set an alarm. Make your way back. I don't know why I'd leave in the first place, but you can make your way back to the radio at 8.40 p.m. later on tonight. Um, but... Listen, I, I mean, I had <laughs> I had on in my house before. Uh, you know, I have the split screen. I had the um, Yankees on the left. I had the Knicks on the right. And I was kind of switching the audio between the both of those games. I know the Islanders were on. I know the Islanders were down early um, based on my score check-ins and didn't get much going beyond that. Uh, they ended up losing 5-2. Carolina now leads the series 3-1. to one. Um, But I, I'd have to tell you, I, I, I honestly... Did not see much of that Islander game today, I have to tell you. Um, because while I had the split screen on, I was straightening my hair, making lunch for tomorrow, dinner for tonight, which I have in my bag right here. I had a gentle cycle wash going on. It was a lot going on before I left my house, just before. But I did see the Yankees. I did see the Nick game. And I did watch every minute of the Rangers and Devils last night. So uh, I, I hope you'll forgive me. I hope. But it, to me, it looked like there was no hope for the Islanders early. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as the Yankees go, um, maybe you don't want to hear this, but but Clark Schmidt really isn't the reason that the Yankees lost the game today. They, they just couldn't hit the ball. And then the ball especially coming out of Kevin Gossman's hand. You know, Clark Schmidt ha- hadn't gotten out of the fourth inning all season long. Yet today, he made it to the sixth. Knowing that, and knowing it was the third time through the order for the Blue Jays, after the first home run hit by Guerrero, I probably would have yanked him. I I wouldn't have given the Blue Jays the opportunity to go, as John said, and I heard on the radio on the way in, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. I was an angle one at that point. Um, But I I wouldn't have done it. I would have yanked him then. You had Michael King. He was ready because... Schmidt, I know he was cruising. Believe me, I know, because I was cruising on the way here. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get there. But third time through the order, made it to the sixth. I think you're happy with that. You're happy with that. It's a a sufficient outing. Yank him after the first home run. I I know I would have. But, you know, hopefully, you know, it's something to build on for for Schmidt. And through the first 20 batters, he only gave up one hit. And I, I tell you. I jumped in the car and I sp- 
speeding to get here on time. That game was flying. <laughs> so was I. But uh, he, he finished at two, five and two-thirds with just three hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, and, of course, those two home runs. And, you know, Toronto has a good lineup. I don't need to tell you that. And they only hit 143 against him today, including those two home runs. So he was cruising. But I would not have given the opportunity to, to, to go back-to-back. I mean, you talk about taking him out in his, in his confidence level. Well, what's his confidence level after coughing up two home runs and thinking he was the reason why he lost the game for the Yankees today? Spoiler alert, he, he wasn't. But after the game, Aaron Boone said of Clark Schmidt, quote, I thought he threw the ball great, really electric, really aggressive with his sinker. I thought he threw the ball great. Obviously, a couple of mistakes got him there. Overall, a really strong outing there for him. And I'm sitting here in the studio reflecting upon this, and I'm like, you know, you'd have to think that Carlos Rodon would give you more than what Clark Schmidt gave you today. It, it would lengthen, having Rodon back would, would lengthen this starting pitching rotation. It would, you know, maybe potentially keep Schmidt off the end of it. Who knows how that would work out? Brito, maybe, whoever. But, I mean, those are fine enough numbers for, for Schmidt, but you'd have to think that Rodon would be able to give the Yankees more. The Yankees need Rodon back in this starting pitching rotation. I shouldn't even say back because he hasn't even been here yet, but they need him in it. And they've scraped by without him so far, but the hole really gets exposed. The hole of not having a true number two that would elongate the the, the starting pitching rotation of the Yankees, it, it really gets exposed on days like today when the Yankees' bats go virtually silent and they've got Clark Schmidt in there. Rodon played catch today, by the way, but um, he's still a ways away and the aim would be an end of May first start with the Major League Yankees. End of May. That's like Memorial Day. And I hate to say it, but I told you so. I mean, this guy is always injured, and he can't be counted on because, like I said to anybody that would listen to me before they chose to sign him, it's always something different, which is quite unpredictable. First, it was a forearm strain this year. Then it was a back issue. But I said that, too, to anybody that would listen. But Kate, the, the Yankees need him. And it just stinks that they have to rely on, and, and Cashman put them in the, in the position to rely on, someone that is just so unreliable. And, and I know you don't want to hear this either, but today... Kevin Gossman just pitched an absolute gem of a game for the Toronto Blue Jays today. I mean, sometimes that's baseball, Susan. I mean, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, and just three Yankee hits pretty much scattered. You couldn't ask for a, a better start if you're him and the Blue Jays. And, and sometimes it just happens. And, and when asked... After the game about Gosman, Aaron Boone said, quote, I thought he stayed a little unpredictable with the splitter. He used his fastball really well in different counts. So Boone agreed. I mean, sometimes the other pitcher is just dominant. And today was one of those days. And, you know, you might call and think and wonder right now, like, is this non-hitting indicative of a larger problem for the Yankees? I mean, Maybe. The Yankees have scored three runs or fewer in seven of the nine games of this homestand. 
But is this non-hitting something I'm particularly concerned about at the moment? Like, no, not now, not yet. I know they had a shot in the fifth inning and couldn't come through. They didn't get it done. I know that. And I know they were 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position today. And 5 is even a little low. They couldn't even get guys in scoring position. I know they've scored 5 runs against the Blue Jays this entire series. I get it. But a little bit of perspective. They're the last team in all of baseball to lose a series. So up through today, Sunday, the 23rd of April, the Yankees have won. They were the only team. The Yankees have won every series up until today. And they were the only team remaining in baseball. So a little bit of perspective, please. Think about that. Until today, they hadn't lost a series. And now they're 11-1 in games when facing a series loss. It's all right. Gossman pitched excellent today. And at least I would point to the Yankees are showing a little bit of fight. We were about yesterday. Some amazing situational hitting and base running. Rizzo going the opposite way, clanging one off the fence. He could have ended it right there. And later on, a few batters later, I guess it was, in, in the inning, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Some phenomenal base running. I mean, that you can't teach that kind of base running, really. He took third. You know, he, he took got, got to second, got up, dusted himself off, kind of, sort of, looked at third base, realized that no one was covering, and took third. Okay, in a crucial spot. And, of course, D.J. LeMahieu finished it off. But today, with, with and, and, and you point to the, the bottom of the ninth inning today, Gosman was out of the game at this point. Phew, right? Bottom of the ninth, two-out rally. It was a Rizzo home run, a Torres base hit, a LeMahieu base hit. I mean, it's kind of where you want to be. Volpe and Rizzo, Volpe and uh, Judge, I'm sorry. Left a little bit to be desired. But in that inning, they didn't strike out. They lined out. Volpe lined out to shallow left. Judge lined out to left field as well. And it's and then, you know, with the two-out rally, Rizzo, Torres, LeMahieu, Cabrera steps to the plate. With runners on first and second with two outs. Battled off a couple tough pitches. And ultimately, I mean, I guess we'll never really know because he flied out in foul territory back behind third base. But the, at least they're showing a little bit of fight. A little bit. And after the game, Boone said pretty much the same thing. He said, quote, I mean, we got to score more than we have here. Uh, we got to score more than we have here lately. I've been pleased with, we've done some really good situational things when we've had the chances. We just have to keep grinding at it. I, you know what? I agree. I actually agree with that. It's like in basketball. Keep shooting. They'll fall. Keep swinging the bat, they'll fall. And and for what it's worth, two things. One, I know Anthony Volpe struck out three times today in the leadoff spot. Keep him there. Remember the day he came up? And I sat here, I, it was a Sunday, right? I sat here on that Sunday, and, and I said, you know, I, I think he'd be a good leadoff hitter for this Yankee team. And, and remember last week when I said, keep him that leadoff and move DJ LeMahieu down? Maybe they're listening. Who knows? I don't know. But I think this lineup is fine. Don't start screwing with it in, in these major ways. Although today, I'm not really sure why Glaber Torres is batting in the four hole. I probably would have done Volpe, Torres, Judge, Rizzo. But 
It's not a major switch, really. And and number two, and I know he doesn't have a lot of experience there. I get it. I understand. He won't be the main third baseman for the Yankees, but Oswald Peraza underwhelmed me today at third base. And I understand it was a day off for Rizzo. DJ LeMay, who's sliding into first base. Rizzo sliding into the DH. I get it. But short stops this thing. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe he's going to be a trade piece. Let's see how Volpe evolves through the beginning of the summer. And the Knicks, you know, driving in, every time there was a commercial on the Yankee game, because I was, you know, trying to get my timing down and everything, every time there was a commercial, I switched right over to, to, the, uh, to the Nick game. At one point, I actually had the, the phone connected to, you know, on, on the, um, I don't want to say the center console, but where you keep, like, your sunglasses, I had it on. I was streaming the game just at red lights. I was watching it, you know, and I, I had to because I had to deliver the content to you. And let me start by saying that Madison Square Garden was electric. I mean, it was clearly clear as day coming through the TV screen when I turned into the first half at home today. And, and if you were there, I want to hear from you. Call me up right now. And I thought, and I said it last weekend, that the Knicks would win this, this series in, in six games. But all of a sudden, the New York Knicks have taken a commanding lead in this series. And they have the chance to put the Cavaliers away in five in Cleveland Wednesday night. And I cannot imagine a situation where they don't get it done. I mean, the depth of this team, we talked about. The rebounding of this team continues to be a strength. They haven't shot the three-pointer well, overtly well, this series so far. And if that catches fire, this series is over. And look out in the next round. I mean, just today, what I saw with my own eyeballs on TV, the Knicks just showed just so much more heart than the Cleveland Cavaliers today. And I'm sure the Garden crowd had something to do with it. I'm sure. But it's also the way they're coached. Tom Thibodeau, you got to give it to him. With a longer bench, I mean, this guy is, 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 is coaching this team. Who knows how far they can go? I mean, the sky is the limit for this Knicks team, honestly. And I know basketball is a game of runs. Not runs as in points, but, but runs. Like the Knicks will make a run, and you got to sustain the run of the other team. Whatever. But the Knicks hadn't given up a lead until, what, midway through the third quarter? The Knicks did a phenomenal job of just withstanding and overcoming that Cavaliers rush and run. And, and, and at that final whistle, they did an excellent job overall throughout the game containing Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. And, and, and together, they combined for just 32 points. 32 on 13 of 40 shooting, right? That, that's unheard of. That's just 32. The two of them shot together 32 and a half points. Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland shot 32 and a half percent. They're two superstars for the Cavaliers. Knicks held them. Let's even round up 33% from the floor. I mean, in the fourth quarter alone, there were four Knicks offensive rebounds that turned into seven points. But it wasn't just in the fourth quarter. Rebounding and defense was a focal point of this game. I mean, Isaiah Hartenstein, 
flying all over the court. And in that first half, I was still home. He chased down a miss, saved it from going out of bounds, kicked it back out, swing pass, forget who it was, but whoever that Nick was, I, I think it was Toppin, I'm not positive, buried a three-pointer. I mean, hustle like this, heart like this, does not show up in a box score. And after the game, Obi Toppin said, quote, we did a really good job offensive rebounding. Our rebounding today was big for us to get the W. I mean, he himself finished with a season-high, season-high eight rebounds. And from a team perspective, the Knicks out-rebounded Cavaliers 47-33. to And that, of course, leads to second-chance points. The Knicks had 21 today. Cavs 12. And I mean, in the playoffs, where the margin of error is razor-thin, you are looking for any advantage you can get over the other team. And if we were to borrow a tradition from hockey, I mean, let's go ahead and award three Knicks stars at a game. Number three, I'm giving it to Isaiah Hartenstein. I mean, pure hustle, keeping plays alive, providing for others, for his teammates to benefit. Two, I'm going Jalen Brunson, who played all of 43 minutes, shot 50% from the field, and hit almost more three-pointers than the entire Cavs team. Finished with 29 points. And the number one star of the game, someone I have not yet mentioned, R.J. Barrett. This is the game that Knicks fans have been waiting for all series long. Barrett to step it up in a big way. 26 points for Barrett today, and he took complete control of the game, uh, the game late in the game. He got creative with the ball. He facilitated some scoring opportunities, not just for himself, but for his teammates too. And he too shot 50% from the field. This could be the major breakout game for R.J. Barrett. And if it is, ooh, baby, opponents beware, watch out. The difference between the two teams this series is that the Knicks are not going to let Donovan Mitchell beat them. And for for the Cavaliers, it's like, okay, well, which Nick is going to step up and beat us tonight? Case in point, the third quarter today I go back to. The Cavs zeroed in on Jalen Brunson. Understandably so. Josh Hart stepped in. He was like, team, get on my back. He was the one today to pick up the slack and keep the, the Knicks' momentum going, moving forward. It's like any of these guys can slide in there and step up and beat you. And that is an extremely difficult thing to game plan against. It's an extremely difficult thing to play against. I liken it to playing whack-a-mole on the hardest level. Just when you think you've got, you know, the one mole under control, like the Knicks have done to Donovan Mitchell, more and more start popping out. And, and, and you no longer have it under control. And that's exactly what's going on with this Knicks team. Just when the Cavs think they've, they've got one, you know, the playmaker, the guy under wraps for the Knicks, somebody else steps up. And case in points the third quarter today. So rest up, Julius Randle. Or the next couple days, the next the Knicks are going to win it on Wednesday. They are going to await their next opponent. And we will celebrate here on the air today 
And probably next week at two. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. This is how we do it. Welcome back. My name is Danielle McCartan. Danielle, at dinner time, if you will, here on the fan. We are not short on topics to talk about over the next five hours, or a little less than five hours here. Um, Listen, coming on the air right after a Yankee loss, I'm not too concerned about it. I got a tweet at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N from Bart Coachella, and he says, I'm worried about the Yankees' offense. Make me feel better. I'll tell you something. You know what, Kevin? I'll make you feel better. Kevin Gossman picked, pitched a gem today. That's it. That's it. Okay, they're showing a little bit of fight. You, you you can take away. You could have some solace in the fact that they did have a little bit of production uh, against guys today that that aren't named Kevin Gossman. And that's it. You move on. You move forward. And and again, perspective. The Yankees lost the series today, but they are the last team. They were the last one standing to have never lost a series so far this year. Today, it just happened to happen. Perspective. It's all right. They're going to be all right. They're the last team in all baseball to lose a series. Think about that. That's what I'll say to you. 877-337-6666. This isn't a show without you. Give me a call. And uh, let's see. If you can't get through, you can always tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Instagram as well. M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And then Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We will go to Simon in New Haven, Connecticut. Simon. You are our leadoff caller of the day. You are the Anthony Volpe, Simon. Go ahead. Hi, hi Daniel. How you doing? Great. How are you? Okay. Uh, you were right with, about what you said about you know the and Rodon and stuff. But you know sometimes you know these 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 players have got to learn to play through some pain sometimes. And, and, and you know with the lack of offense, I know you said we're going to be all right, but you know it seems like this is a repeated pattern with the Yankees. You know the the it, I, it's like uh, you know with Jacob Degrom. The Mets didn't want to score and runs half the time, and the Yankee pitches, pitches and the Mets pitches pitch their hearts and solo. Mm-hmm. With the Yankees, it's the same thing here. It's like they don't they only want to score runs for certain pitches. I mean, I know that's not the truth, but it seems like every time we get opportunities, you know, it's like we we're more fond of playing ping pong than we are hitting. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, but it, it, you know, the, the the batters like like Degrom, we've talked about the batters don't go up there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we're good, we're good, we're, we're going to lull ourselves to sleep and and whatever. But it's not that, um, but. Sometimes, but, sometimes the bats just go go cold. I mean, that's but then, it. But Daniel, but what Boone doesn't understand though is that you know you have to understand one thing. All right, these pitchers go out there on a consistent basis and work their you know what's off. They need some respect and run support, not for certain uh, hitters on this team to be uh, ping ponging. You want to play ping pong? Go to Japan. I'm not sure what you mean by ping ponging. You know, grounding out and popping up all the time. You know, it, uh, it, it's like sometimes when the, the Yankee hitters do it. Certain hitters, I'm not you know, not all of them, certain ones. You know. Okay, certain. like who? You know, like for instance, like once in a while, when Hicks does it, or maybe well, uh, Hicks wasn't in the lineup today. does it, or uh, Peraza does it once in a while. Yeah, well, first of all, Hicks wasn't in the lineup today. But... And I'm just saying, though, and you know, in general, once in a while. Every once in a while, fine. Okay, this is again, this is the Yankees are are fine. You know, the the Yankees, the hitting right now is is not concerning to me. It's just not. And, and when you look at, I'm looking at like. Uh, you know, team batting average. Yankees are middle of the pack in team batting average. You know, slugging percentage. Let's see it. The Yankees are 14th in the league in slugging. And okay, so it's just they're going to be all right today. 29th in the league in home runs. And 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 of course, you're wondering, okay, how where are they in the strikeout list? They're 13th in the league in strikeout. So you know, a little bit to be desired there. But they're going to be all right. 
Kevin Gossman just pitched an absolute gem today. Lou and Astoria, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniela, how are you? Good, how are you, Lou? It's nice to be in New York, right? All the action going on. I love it. And, you, and you're right about the next year. JR, JR, I mean, I mean, let me tell you something. But if Barry continues to do what he's doing, watch out for the Knicks because he exactly. was, I mean, he's 24 years old. Everybody was down on the guy. Of course, mm-hmm. he wasn't playing that well, but he picked it up. I just hope that the kid grow up and stay in Knicks, and I hope that we do well. Anyway, on the Yankees, this is the problem that I have, uh, Daniela. Listen, it's not about, you're talking about them being, they, they can get a few hits, but they get it after the starting pitcher is gone. They, they get to the relievers, okay? You got to stop that. This has been the DNA for the, for the Yankees for so long that I, I hear my son, and my son sometimes, again, tells me, Daddy, you sure you're a Yankee fan? We won't, even when we won the game, okay, we get him at the end, okay? The first three games, every starter, if you watch it every game, Daniela, they couldn't hit the starting pitcher. We got to the, to the bullpen. That's got to stop because, you know what? It's going to be the same old Yankees. Uh, and I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for Volpe, but he cannot be striking out at the rate that he's doing right now. He has 24 strikeouts already, okay? Volpe makes contact. You're a nice little player. Just stay with you, play shortstop, play defense, make contact, steal bases, and you'll be fine. Stop with this a- 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 angle, I mean, with his, with his home run swing. And you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't get hooked like uh, our second baseman. Uh, yeah, but, but Lou, I'll, I'll stop you there, though, because in the, in the last 10 games, he's cut his chase percentage in, in half. Yeah, but, but uh, Daniel, he can't be striking out 24 times in 60 games. Maybe it was front-loaded in that. Yeah, today it was a bad day, but he's doing fine. He's, he's fine. Not, Leave it, alone. It, I understand that. And I don't have a problem with him. But the problem is that I hope he doesn't get hooked. And because he sees the standing of the world, which I, I don't think he's going to – I hope he doesn't play another game. And, and when George and all those guys get those shots – You mean you hope he, he doesn't he play wants- another game, Luke? Do you think that the Yankees not hitting kind of coincides with Giancarlo Stanton hitting the I.L.? Do you oh think those are correlated not, it's somewhat, I, I, in some way? I'm not way? mentioning that. I'm talking about in the Bolton situation. When these guy, uh, guys like Ian Carlos you just Stan, said You just said you'd hope a Stanton never comes back. I, I, I don't want him in the lineup, okay? I never wanted him to be a Yankee. Lou, Lou that, that's I, I get thought. it, and neither did I. But you can't tell me that the correlation of, of him hitting the IL and the Yankees not hitting, they're not correlated. You can't tell me that. Come on. They're going to be fine. The Yankees are going to be fine. Kevin Gosman's a buzzsaw. I get it. DJ LeMahieu is a machine. Maybe you move him up a little bit. Do a little bit of finagling that way. They're going to be fine. Bob in Brooklyn, New York. You're up on the fan. Uh, hi, Daniel. I'd like to follow up on a call I made to you. Gee, it must have been about two months ago about the Packers and the Jets, this whole mess. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a, long, I'm, I'm a long-time Packer fan. Rogers. The Jets can succeed with him, although I think these days, except for Tom Brady, I think the quarterbacks, they got to run. I, th- I really think Rodgers' legs are shot. I think they're gone. But uh, I don't know. The Jets are such a strong team, though. I mean, they can have some success with him. I don't think the Packers can have success with him. I'd like him to finish out his career with the Packers for sentimental reasons. Sure. But I think he's done as far as the Packers are concerned. I'm really calling up about Zach Wilson. I know I, I'm going to catch hell for this. I caught hell last time. <laughs> I think Matt LaFleur is an idiot. 
I'd fire him if I was the president of the Packers. I think Mike LaFour is an idiot, and I think Robert Sal is an idiot. I think um, uh, Zach Wilson has been the victim of the worst coaching, non-coaching. How could you take a rookie quarterback in his very first game, and mm-hmm. I saw that game, mm-hmm. and have him throw the ball downfield into coverage? You can't coach. You, you can't do that to a rook, with a rookie quarterback. I agree. I mean, you have to let him throw the ball down the field once in a while to keep the defense honest. But you've got to mix it up a little bit. Rookie quarterback, bring him along slowly. Let yep. him throw more screens, throw to the tight end and stuff like this. And just to wrap it up, I mean, my point is I think he's got a cannon for an arm, mm-hmm. Wilson. He's got a great running ability. I want him for the Packers, okay? I'm nuts, okay? But I want him for the Packers. I think he's got raw talent. He just is a victim of the worst coaching he I've is. ever seen. Hey, you know what? He is. And when you get the offensive coordinator standing up there at the podium and saying, well, you know, his bottom half, the mechanics are all off. Well, well that's your job yeah, is actually, to fix that, you know? Absolutely. You know? Listen, I'm not advocating for Zach Wilson to be the starting quarterback of the Jets next year. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. The talks have opened up. Might get done before the draft. I don't know. We'll see. But... I'm not willing to cut ties with him. I mean, I didn't like him. I didn't like the pick. I didn't. I'll be honest. But you can't cut ties. Let him sit behind his mentor, learn the position, learn how to be a quarterback and not a ball thrower, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, this Jordan Love, I don't know what he is. Who knows? These days, the backup quarterbacks hardly ever play, but I don't know what he's going to well, do. See, I can't. I don't want to go into the season with him as the starting QB. Yeah, well, here's what I would say, Bob. I would say that's fine. Let him be the starting quarterback. But if I'm the Packers, and, and, and if I'm the GM of the Packers, I'm not going to fight the Jets tooth and nail for a, a a first round draft pick this year. I don't want it this year because what if Love is not the, the the quarterback that we thought he could be? What if, that, maybe I'm going to have to use that first round pick next year on a quarterback? Or, well, I'm not even worried about the draft picks. I don't care about that. I want I want Zach Wilson. Well, that's that Bob is not going to happen. Zach yeah. Wilson is not getting traded yeah, <laughs> in the right. deal for for Aaron Rodgers. It's not happening. Not happening there, Bob. Thanks for the call there. But if I'm the GM of the Packers, I'm going to say, well, wait a second. No, I don't want a first-round pick this year. I actually would choose to have it in next year's draft. And I would say, if I'm the Packers, listen, I don't know what I have in, 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 in Jordan Love. I always want to call him Julian. But I don't know what I have in Jordan Love. Let me see. If he's not what we thought he was going to be, we will use, we'll take that first-round draft pick next year and you turn it into a, a quarterback, potentially. Because I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs next year, especially without Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and if they're and if they decide, well, okay, we like Love, well, then you go out there and you get him, you know, something he can work with, uh, you know, a wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> what a concept in Green Bay, right? So, so, and I think that would benefit the Jets. I know that would benefit the Jets as well because the Jets only have one, two, three, four, five, six picks this year overall. Um, one in the first, two in the second, and then a fourth, fifth, and sixth. So. Not much to work with, but if they can hold on to that third, 13th overall this year, that's going to benefit them. And it's also going to benefit the Packers. So put me in the room. Let me get the deal done. Uh, let's see if it gets done right before uh, the, the draft. I hope it doesn't happen at the draft. That's like a little too nuts. You know what I mean? That's a little bit too nuts. But we'll continue talking about that. We've got a, a, three of our locals are still... In the, in the NHL playoffs, the Islanders hanging on by a thread. Devils pushed the Rangers to the brink last night. And, and, and a gutsy call by Lindy Ruff in switching out the goaltender um, paid off for him. And uh, I watched every, every single minute of that game. It was an exciting game. And, of course, we got the Yankees lost today. Um, are the Mets on? Yeah, the Mets are on at 7-10. I'll be here for that <laughs> probably through the end of that game. Knicks win. 
And where is the accountability for the Nets GM? All of that, plus a sticky situation for Max Scherzer. Coming up next, right here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan here on this Sunday fun day. I've been getting sent videos on Twitter of the New York Knicks fans partying. Outside the garden, like multiple videos, one outside, you know, it says pen two in the background, one outside by the uh, by the new train station over there. I mean, I am getting sent. This is nuts. This is I can't imagine what this city would look like if the Knicks won a championship. They didn't I mean, even win a series yet. Bing bong. I know. They didn't even win a series yet. And they're climbing light poles. I'm getting crushed on Twitter because Why? people are don't like that. I that. I don't think they should be celebrating this much. But uh, uh, but in theory, the Knicks have been so bad, and they have set the bar so long, so low, yeah. that a right. little taste, a little taste of every, uh, just a little taste is all it took for the Knicks fans to explode all this joy and admiration, and they wanted to get rid of R.J. Barrett, and now they love R.J. Barrett. <laughs> they wanted and they to get wanted rid a, of Thibodeau. And they wanted and to they fire Thibodeau. Yeah. And now they love Thibodeau because they, they, he kept Randall on the bench in the fourth quarter today. Oh, my God. I, I just love it. That being said, your team is winning. It's okay to go back and forth. It's okay to flip-flop. That is okay because sports fans are fickle, and it's what have you done for me lately. It is totally fine that for is- Knicks fans to be angry at Tom Thibodeau two months ago, and I love him. That is okay. That is like your your whole motto. Sports fans are fickle. They are. Always. And I, and I don't mind it, too. I admit it. I'm fickle. It's what have you done for me lately? If if the Rangers are good, then I'm happy. I went to the game last night. I was not happy with them. I, I saw the ice cream you posted. That was oh, nice. That it was, was, that was, it was a cream. really good It was a really good waffle. Although cone. I'm not good. I'm not a fan of the cone. You don't like the waffle I, it's, cone? It's a mess. I saw you had the little protector. They had the, the protector because the one of the vendors at MSG is Big Gay Ice Cream, which is a wonderful ice cream spot, and they had the holders in it, which is a huge, huge help. Because I was going to ask for a cup to put it in, right. but they put it in the holder, and yeah. that's a really, really big help mm-hmm. into the ice cream thing. Anyway, the <laughs> so it's okay to go back and forth. Like that's part of being a sports fan. I yeah. just I, I like to get it out there that it's okay, that, and it's okay to admit that. Well, I just think that Knicks fans are going nuts because Wednesday's game is in Cleveland. I think they're going to get it done. I think I think that's I, – I don't know how the Cavaliers can stop the Knicks moving forward. I mean, it's – it's well, one, you're going to be at home, and you don't, you don't want to lose that game at home. I would think Donovan Mitchell is not going to be as bad as he was today. I mean – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson aren't going to hit every jumper as they appear to today. Yeah. And just like with the Rangers last night, 0 for 5 on a power play, after crushing the power play the first two games, right. that's called, it's law of averages. You're yeah. not going to hit every single basket. You're not going to hit every power play. So the law, there is some sort of a law of averages thing. But if they do lose on Wednesday, calm down, Knicks fans. It'll be okay. There'll be a bigger party Friday night here in New York. is the phone number to call. Eric in Ronkonkoma checks in for the first time in a while. What's up there, Eric? How you doing, Daniel? Great. How are you? Uh, Well, I've been better, but before I get to the Islander point, uh, I just want to take you down memory lane a little bit here. Uh, About two, I think it was three years ago, 
where uh, where it was the off season before baseball, and somebody uh, you <laughs> had a particular sleeper um, pick in mind for the pitchers for the Mets. Do you remember who that was by any chance? Uh, oh God, um, he he had a nice game the other day. Honestly, but oh, Lucchese. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? Well, when everybody said, oh, you know, he, yes, yes, I do. I do. I remember that conversation because I've been a fan of him. Yes. Yeah. When he pitched the other day and I'm like, oh, I wonder if she remembers that whole, yeah. uh, that whole thing. Yeah. And then, of course, unfortunately, he got hurt and then, you know, there you go. Yeah. But, that, but, but look uh, what he looked like when he came back. I mean, that's what the Mets need, especially yeah. with the Scherzer yeah. suspension, the whole thing going on. We'll talk about that. Right. But, yes. Right. Uh, okay, well, you said you didn't really pay much attention to the Islander game, and quite honestly, you didn't miss much. Yeah. I was, I was there. Uh, and, oh, you were I there? Got, I mean, oh, boy, I'm sorry. I was there, yeah. I mean, well, you know what? I, I was all excited. They were playing at 1 o'clock. I'm like, I got to go. This is the best opportunity for me to go, you know, with my schedule and everything. And, boy, they, I mean, to say they laid an egg would be putting it nicely. I mean, they they just looked so uninspired. I couldn't believe, mm. you know. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, you, you guys have played before, right? I'm sitting there yelling out there. I mean, I was sitting all the way up at the top, so I know <laughs> no one no one's hearing me. But I mean, they they just looked. I mean, you, you would think that that outburst the other day to finish off the game that it that it happened to them. I mean, they they just looked so lackluster today. I couldn't I couldn't believe. The effort. I mean, the fact that they scored a couple goals in the third period really meant nothing. Yeah, you know, I, so. I had uh, I had Alexa on, and I and I said to Alexa, I said, "Dude, what's the score?" I kept checking in on it as I was doing everything else around the house today, and it won nothing. All right. The next time I looked, it was three nothing, and I'm like, that that's for I mean, this they, Islander they four team. Penalties in the first period. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, they, I mean, the referees were had you know were questionable in, in, in certain areas, and, and you know, of course, they have the crowd letting them know it and everything. But I mean. You know, you can't be giving up four penalties in, in one period and expect to come out ahead. Right. And they, they basically, Carolina cashed in on virtually every one of them, which doesn't help either. I mean, but it, I mean, it was just, I mean, I, I was saying that, that that was the worst game I had seen in, in quite a while. And, and to see it live was really, well, it was a shame. I, I could have done a whole lot of other things uh, rather than Did, than did you stay till the end? Yeah. Uh, I'll put it this way: when, when they uh, let's see, it was four to one when when Carolina scored the fifth goal. I, we got up and left. Yeah, we, so, I actually I mean, saw that. At goal that here. point, it was yeah, yeah. At that point, it was it was over. It didn't matter that Horvat scored a goal because he he was pretty invisible for the majority of the game. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I was just I mean it, it was <laughs> just, I mean to say depressing and you know again I mean it, it you know people calling up saying that they're concerned about the Yankees. I mean. You know, there's still a whole season ahead of them. I mean, the the Islanders. You know, if they don't put forth a better effort on Tuesday, they're done. You know. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I you know, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I hate to say it right now, I, I think they're done, regardless, really. Yeah, I, I knew it was a long shot to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they, they clearly was. I mean, they, they they did squeak in at the end there. And, and to be honest with you, I was telling my nephew in the car, you know, on the way back, you know, because he was saying, you know, it's better than. Uh, um, you know, then having lost to, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt as much as having lost to Tampa a couple of years ago. And I said to him, I said, if they lose on Tuesday, I would almost have rather that they didn't make it to begin with. You know, you know to, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, because it's just just a disappointing, disappointing first round, no matter how you slice it so far. I mean, unless they go on some miraculous run, I don't know. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like, all right, you got there. Cool. Didn't do much, didn't make much noise once you you did get there. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they really could have won the second game, but, again, the majority of that game came towards the end as well. I mean, they, 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 they have this bad habit of starting off slow, and, and thinking that they're going to kick it in near the end of the game, and I'll tell you, their, their power play is dreadful. Mm-hmm. They, they have they have to make a lot of changes after the season. You know whether they are able to make it past this round or not, which again, not looking likely. But they they got to make some changes. And and I'll leave it at this: I'm really starting to question, you know, whether Lamarillo should even stick around any, any longer than he than he is now. But yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, Danielle, I haven't spoken in a while, so it's been great. And I, I, I'm always listening, though, so just just keep that in mind. Oh, so. Thanks, Eric. appreciate that. All right. You have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks. Yeah, the Islander game, I mean, that was the one game I didn't watch today. The one thing I didn't watch this whole entire th- past three days. That was the one thing I didn't watch. But checking in on the score, you knew it was kind of you knew it was kind of over early. And that was it. And and I know you can point back and go back to the, the slashing call that was missed and how that could have maybe changed the, the series. And here we are talking about it like it's almost over already. Um, like, like it's already over, I should say. And, and maybe maybe it could have changed the complexion of the series, but but who knows? I just think the Carolina Hurricanes are just, just too good. Um, all right, Paul, can we do a quick little break here? All right, we'll get a quick break in. We've got a Pete McCarthy update. And, of course, more of your mishmash of calls here. NFL Draft, Rangers, Knicks, R.J. Barrett. Are you still partying outside the garden or on your way home? Give me a call. My name is Daniel McCartan. Give me a call. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. And uh, about to have a change of the guard behind the glass. But before Mr. Pauly Rosenberg steps out and Connor Green steps in, I have to tell you, just trending on now, and, and we've got our resident uh, weather expert in here. I, Northern Lights was trending on Twitter on the break, so I just clicked on it. And um, according to this red line, the southern extent of the Aurora Borealis tonight does include our area. Cuts off around, I don't know, LBI and goes out eastward. So, Paul, what are the chances if I leave here tonight, I'm going to see the Aurora Borealis? I mean, the thing I would have to worry about is just, like, the general pollution and, like, cloud cover and smog. And uh, cloud cover separate than pollution and smog in New York City, obviously. That's what I would worry about. That being said, that's pretty cool. And I guess I'm catching up on it now. A solar flare erupted Friday afternoon, sending a cloud of charged particles rushing towards Earth. See? How about that? And here we are debating whether or not Anthony Volpe is, is going to bat lead off or not. We have solar flares and particles rushing <laughs> towards us. And keep in mind, as I said on my uh, Twitter, which you can follow me, at Paul's Randomness, we're just on a rock living in space. That's all we are. We're living on a rock floating in space. Can That's you imagine if a meteor strikes Earth before the Knicks win a series? That'd be hysterical. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and, and not like hysterical, hysterical, because obviously, you know, obviously. life probably would be over for everybody. But that would just be funny that the Knicks are this close and, right. you know, particles occur right. to be like rushing towards the earth. Well, I'm going to get my binoculars out. And maybe tonight when I get home around 11 15 or so, I'm going to take a look and see. I would think if up. you're in like a suburb, 
Not yeah, like in New I York am. City proper, yeah. but a suburb upstate New Jersey, something yeah. maybe Long Island. Maybe you, I would, you would have a better chance of seeing it. That's I'm gonna why try. I, that would be my two cents. I'm gonna try. All right, Paul. Thanks very much for for everything today. Say goodbye See to ya. you. And uh, Connor Green's taking over here as we get back to the calls at 877-337-6666. Um, it's a mishmash weekend, um, and I'm wearing a, a sweatshirt taking uh, from, from what Aaron Judge is wearing. It says New York or nowhere. Maybe you're partying outside of the garden. The videos keep getting sent to me on Twitter. Amazing. The Knicks in five. That's what I'm going. I'm amending my original. I said Knicks in six. Let's go Knicks in five. And, of course, the Rangers and Devils last night. Exciting overtime win for the Devils. Um, a move by Lindy Ruff, which could have completely backfired. Put Schmid in goal. And, and, and he took um, uh, Vitek Vanacek out. Uh, you know, and, and I said last week, I said, the, the, the Knicks. The Devils are only in this as long as Vanacek's in, in, in net. And, and I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, I went to a game, Schmid, I mean, it, they had no chance with him in, in, the, in the goal. But, hey, he kept him in there last night, his first playoff game ever. I was afraid it was going to go to, uh, well, I don't even want to go that far. I don't even want to go that far. The, the Devils, I, I think, stole one. I think the Rangers have done an excellent job at uh, neutralizing Jack Hughes. And you're, you're, try, you're seeing what the Devils can do, you know, kind of, kind of with him neutralized. And it's, it's not much. So, um, hey, we've got everything to talk about, and I have my my completely super-duper NFL draft guide in my hand, too. Ten pages. I made this on Friday into Saturday. we got a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. 877-337-6666. Steve in Manhattan, you're leading off the 6 p.m. hour. Go ahead. All right, Danielle, and uh, you had Rosie, Connor, and Pistol in the engine room, so you're in good hands. <laughs> I'm going to touch on things quickly. Sure. Um, first of all, with the new rules, if I was playing with these new rules today, I, I would steal 100 bases a year easily. Uh, I always felt that third base was the easiest base to steal. For the younger people listening, you could take a bigger lead. Yep. You could basically outrun the third baseman to third base. So well, especially a lot of with a, a right-handed thing. batter in, in the box, too. Exactly. A little pick-and-roll uh, action there. Right. And the thing with Volpe, people have to understand – he, you don't have to be the fastest runner. This guy has mm-hmm. great base running instincts on a batted ball and when he steals bases. So basically he's having the time of his life out there with the changed rules. And I'm going to get to Rangers quickly on Aaron Rodgers. Wait, let me, big, hey, Steve, let me just interject here. Anthony Volpe, by the way, eight stolen bases. There are only one, two, three players with more in the league than him. Right, and we also like to have stolen bases at, at moments in the game. We can turn the game upside down. Major league pitchers won't show it, but a lot of times they do get upset when a guy could just easily just take the next base. Yep, and dance and, around and, and attract some attention, of course. Right, exactly, and, and also the thir- a good third base coach helps, too, for guys who've played the game. I've been held up on plays. I had to look at the third base coach. I, I couldn't believe what the guy did. Yeah. But anyway... Quickly with Rodgers into the ring. Aaron Rodgers, the biggest nightmare for Jeff fans and for the Packer front office would be for Aaron Rodgers to show up to Packer camp in August wearing sandals and beads and collecting a $60 million <laughs> check. I don't think that's going to happen. You are right. I think it's going to get done this week. Um, the Packers, nobody drew themselves into a corner. It's just a situation where Rodgers, if they try to trade him, he has to renegotiate, and he said he wants to go to the Jets, folks. So he ain't going to renegotiate for any other team. He's coming to the Jets. And quickly on the Rangers, um, the Rangers now, um, 
yesterday, obviously watching the game, the power play just took the night off. They had plenty of opportunities, mm-hmm. even late in the game with the power play. It just didn't click. And to me, Chris Kreider, to the older Rangers fans out there, he's starting to me, he's starting to morph into Phil Esposito with those goals around the net, the deflections and everything. All we need is for somebody to morph into Bobby Orr and we'll be playing in June. <laughs> but the thing is also uh, with the defense and how the game ended in overtime, it was just that the, the, the range of defense didn't pick up the trailer, and Doogie Hamilton was able to come in and slap it in and yep. win the game. That's what happened. The defense did not pick him up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right there, Stephen. And I think uh, ultimately, and, and thanks for the call there, I think ultimately, like I said last week, the, the experience of this Rangers team, the poise of this Rangers team, it, the Devils had a great season. I think the Rangers are going to win it out. Win out. Um, by the way, I just got a notification uh, Randall playing injured. Coach Tom Thibodeau says playing through ankle injury is major reason for Julius Randall's offensive woes in series versus Cavs. That's uh, that's a little bit concerning um, in the sense that if the Knicks are going to go, go ahead and get to the next round, I mean the Knicks right now match up well against the Cavs. It's okay, um, but but into the next round, I'm not, I'm not sure they're, they're going to need him. You know what I mean? So. Um, Thibodeau did not expand on Randall's injury while discussing it Sunday. Only he appreciated how hard he has worked back to get onto the floor. Wow. So, all right. So, let me see. Get ready to play. Michael Taft did a great job. It's all on him. I'm just seeing if there's anything for us that we can continue to talk about this. Um, I think this is going to be... What if... the? What if? I know you don't want to play with fire here, but what if the Knicks sat him on Wednesday... Right, took their chances, tried to win without him, and if not, the next game he would play is Friday. What if you gave him a built-in like good four days of rest in between by by sitting him on Wednesday and hoping for a win? Because I think the depth of this bench is 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 good enough. The only thing that concerns me is that it, it would be in Cleveland, but that maybe that's something to consider now that we know that he's actually really hurting. Since that uh, March 29th injury in, in, against the Heat, so if it's starting to affect him now, maybe that's not a terrible strategy. Let's go to Val in the Bronx. What do you think about that, Val? Coach Mac, how you doing, Mom? Oh, great. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a minute since we talked. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, okay, I'm saying this and in a self-deprecating way, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I know I can ramble. I got four team stuff that I want to talk to you about. But I'm going to ask that you have, like, either a pen or a pencil or somehow or another you jot down what I'm saying because I would, I would really appreciate if you respond to each and everything that I'm, I'm about to get into. All right, hold it. Hold okay, on there, I, Let me get my pencil out of my backpack. Hold on. And, and I'm begging for some patience, too, and a little bit of time because, like I said, I can ramble, but I want, I'm hoping I can get it all out. Please. All right. If we can keep this quick and concise, I've got pencil in hand. Let me open it up. All right, go for it. Okay, so we go in four teams, all right? We want to go Knicks at uh, first, Yankees, Jets. Just do it. Val, just something. do it. We got with it. Go Nets. ahead. There we go. Okay, let's go. So with the Knicks, all right, I want to say that I am one of the few people that has been saying this all season. Please leave my R.J. Barrett alone. My guy is a complimentary piece on my team, and he can come out from time to time even during the season, he gave us our little 14, 16, you know, 18 points a night, 20 points a night. I kept telling people, please leave us alone. If you watched him on the post game after uh, 
Friday night game, Rebecca Harlow, even at the post-game podium, everybody's answering the, this guy these questions, and you could see it in his face. He could, he, I don't know if he listens to, like, sports talk on his way home from a game or if he's, like, you know, like he watches the papers or he has his people telling it. But he was like, five minutes ago, y'all were all shouting, I suck. And now I got people sticking microphones in my face asking me how it feels to be the, the, the guy that pulls us through tonight. Mm. How it feels to be the king of New York. Please, I've been begging y'all, leave him alone. The next one I'm going to say about my Knicks, I told y'all, and I'll say it again, I didn't even get to see the game yet, I, but I listened to it, and I'm about to go home and watch the encore. I told y'all, Hawkinstein was going to be an X-factor in this series, yes. especially with the way that Jalen likes to feed him sometimes when everybody else gets keyed on other things, and he drops a little pass down to him. You get, he gets his little dunks, just like Mitchell, but in a little bit of a different way. Maybe it's not the alley-oop, and it don't look as dynamic, right. but he still does his things, and he's been getting his little assists. He gets his little, he, he is not a slouch when it comes to sending Mitchell uh, Robinson to the bench, okay? Yep. The next one I want to say about that, too, I was always the one that's been saying, leave my coach Tibbs alone. My dude does what we need to get a team effort all the way round, and he's been preaching team all season. Even what he's saying about Randall right now, he's talking the right way. I want to say also, too, about that, the last thing on my Knicks, I've been saying it all the time, and now everybody's talking about how deep we are, how how much we could just stay to keep the, the, the meter on the red right. when we're sending guys in and out against Cleveland. I've been saying it. Y'all need to leave my squad alone and just watch things and let them play out. This is a beautiful audition for any kind of thing that moves forward. This season has been an audition for anything that moves forward going into next season because everybody is seeing the magic that's happening in the garden right now, and it makes it that much more inviting. What I want to talk about the Yankees. Leave my Volpe alone. People have been talking about him, too. Just let the kid. You can't, I, I hate to say it, but you got to be patient with him. you got to watch things in the overall scheme. You can't look at and dissect each and every little game right now because what you have to watch is as he goes through his lumps and he makes his transition, right. all the little things. Because every day you see him do something, he learns something, and he comes back and he uses it the next night. All right, Val, and who else are we leaving alone on the Yankees? Every single game, okay? When we got a bunch of hits, what was it, the other night when we, the last game we won against Minnesota, people were talking about how we can win games without hitting a home run. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, we can't hit. Yo, just let it play out. Let him be. With my Jets, with my Jets, uh, okay, I just want to say this one thing. I understand everybody saying, and I realize the value that draft picks have in the NFL because of the salary cap and everything that's going on. Correct. But come on, man. The longer this thing goes on, and I feel kind of funny saying it because you never know. The pick that we don't take next week could be the dude that turns out to be the stud for the next 15 years. But please, we already won the draft the last couple of years. If it means giving this up just to get this out of the way and just get the guy on our chalk, can we please just get this done with Aaron already? First right? round draft pick? And then the last, I'm not doing it. The last, the last thing I'm going to say, the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to just listen to you patiently, Coach Mack. All right? And I'm going to hear everything that's coming down after. But the last thing I'm going to say, you mentioned something when you were talking. I think it might have been in your opening monologue or at some point after a break about next accountability. Yes. I've been saying this for the longest. And I said it when it first happened with KD, and then I got quiet because I, I said it to Mr. Ricardo yesterday. I don't. When people are going through their problems and their turmoil, it's not healthy to walk up to them and try to point it out to them. Yeah, you're they know what they're going through. Leave them alone. Let them deal with it. When it's all done, you can talk about it. But I said it before. 
the fact that Mr. Marks is be, has been painted as this hero and is being allowed to shape the future of that team, mm. because personally, exactly, I, I think he lost control of that situation going way back to the first day he signed those guys and they actually all walked in. You booted Atkinson, yep. you brought in Nash, now you got the same dude telling you that booted him, telling you, yo, he's got to go. Nash, I can't play with under Nash. You, you, did, you didn't manage Kyrie right, and you could have traded him early when this whole COVID thing started to some city that, you know, didn't have the mandates that New York had. Right. And you could have had some other player that could have done things, and you could have still had KD, and you could have still had Harden. Now you got to sit down and watch Philly with Harden playing on them go past you. Yeah, and, and you got to sit down and watch this for the rest of the players. And, 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 and Val, too, and not only KD, that, Val, Val not just, only all that, too, you got to watch Kevin Durant continue. The only saving grace is that Kyrie Irving didn't make the playoffs on his team. Okay, but Knicks, we're leaving a lot of people alone on the Knicks. Of course, that's what happens when you win. It's like, ever see that video of the, of the guy saying, leave Britney alone? That's you, Val. Leave R.J. Barrett alone. Leave Isaiah Einstein alone. Leave Coach Tibbs alone. Leave my squad alone. Great. As long as they keep winning, fine. And, and you, said, you said the word magic there. And, and you know, today I kind of had the same thought. I'm looking at, you know, the Knicks on TV, and, and they've got that black little patch of number 19. I mean, Willis Reed. You think there's a little magic going on there? I don't know, man. Maybe. Maybe. Leave Volpe alone? Obviously, yes. Yes, he's a 21-year-old rookie. Leave him alone. Playing for the New York Yankees. Leave him alone, yes. Um, and as far as we won the draft, yeah, the Jets, that, that was your quote, we won the draft. Yeah, the Jets did win the draft. They have won the draft. Joe Douglas is doing an excellent job, which is why he should not give up a first-round draft pick for Aaron Rodgers, for two years of Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Because I, I have a packet here a full of things the Jets could do at 13. But, of course, it hinges on having a quarterback. And right now, the Jets, I think the only one on the roster is, is, is Zach Wilson. So, wait it out. You've waited this long. Rodgers is going to force himself out of there. You know that. He will. And, um, oh, yeah, the Nets. You know what? Let's do a quick break here. I see you guys hanging. Hang there. Hang there, please. Um, let's do a quick thing on the, on, on the Nets because I, too— uh, I said it, I tweeted it before I, sh- I started here tonight, but um, I too am wondering where is the accountability for the Brooklyn Nets? And honestly, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to part ways with GM Sean Marks. My name is Daniel McCartan. Give me a call, 877 337 6666. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Daniel McCartan on a busy weekend of New York sports. If you can't get through, you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Um, I, I want to talk about – I'm riding the basketball wave a little bit here. Uh, I, I've got a – I just said before that Julius Randle and the ankle injury and, and Tom Thibodeau is kind of saying that that's been hampering him so far this this um, this series, uh, especially today apparently. And um, Fred Katz tweeted that Julius Randle left tonight's game without talking to the media. All right. And then I got a take from Rod Benedetti, and he said, that's Thibodeau protecting Randall. He's not hurt or he wouldn't be playing. Playoff Randall is not good. Let's see. Let's see if Randall is in the starting rotation, um, starting lineup on Wednesday. I'd be curious. That's something I'm going to keep an eye on over the next couple of days, definitely. But to, to kind of switch gears a little bit, you know, we're riding the basketball wave here. The Nets. Where is the accountability for GM Sean Marks? Because, you know... 
Philly had 58 more second-chance points in the series. It's the largest differential of any playoff series since play-by-play was first tracked in 96-97. 96-97, I was in, like, second or third grade, okay? That's, like, either total domination by the 76ers or a non-will to win on the part of the Nets. So maybe it's neither of the two. Maybe. Maybe it's just the product of such a terrible roster construction. Like, I was, and still am, never the advocate of firing anyone, really, ever. But, I mean, it's not nice. Wouldn't like it done to me. I get it. But a general manager in Sean Marks who has just five draft picks over the next three off-seasons a general manager in Sean Marks who has the 10th worst cap situation in the league heading into next season. A general manager in Sean Marks who has orchestrated and has disassembled the biggest, most embarrassing big three to never accomplish anything. You know, in the four years since the historic signing of, of Durant and Irving, the Nets have been swept out of the playoffs in the first round Three out of the last four years. They've got a combined playoff record in that time. Seven and 17. That's a 291 winning percentage. This Brooklyn Nets team is not equipped to compete now or moving forward. And all I'm asking is, where is the accountability? Where is the accountability for the person who single-handedly set this Nets franchise back at least What would you say? Minimum five years? How do you have just five draft picks over the next three seasons? It's not like you can even go the free agency route because you got the 10th worst cap situation in the league. Oh, are you going to press the reset button? Do you deserve to reset this Nets team? My opinion, no. 877-337-6666. Dylan in Allendale, Europe. Is it Allendale, New York or Jersey? It's Allendale, New Jersey. Yeah, Allendale, New Jersey. Oh, that's my neck of the woods. Northern Ireland's over there. What's up there, Dylan? All right, here we go. So um, just calling about the Nets because they used to be a New Jersey franchise yeah. before they moved to Brooklyn, so we don't forget them. But they are a forgettable franchise, and now they're a zombie franchise. And there's nothing they're going to be able to do in the next five years other than be able to get into a play on playing uh, and lose in the first round. They're like the Knicks of years ago and now all the momentum they had for the superstar strategy yeah back to square one we can thank sean marks i don't know what you think their way out of this is i don't know Any the questions? way out of it honestly the way out of it is, 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 is honestly you have to part ways with the guy who put you into this situation i'm sorry you have to but where do they go they're zombies there's no yeah. way out yeah, there's no way out. It's going to be a dismal, dismal three or four years in, in that building. I'm telling you, what do you do? You got okay. Probably the first move is, is you're going to have to part ways with maybe Dinwiddie, although you like him. You're going to have to part ways with Joe Harris to clear some cap space, although you like him, and, and figure it out. I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's a terrible situation for them. Terrible situation for them. But thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, there, Dylan, for making it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. I think the first move is going to be a Joe Harris casualty. That's going to be first. But but again, getting back to why does this why is this guy the guy that gets to make the decisions? Steven in Astoria, you're up next. You're on a fan. 
Hey, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks so for making it. You, you do such a good job with baseball. Thank you. And whether you watch the games or you follow up, it's like on point. But you can't talk about an Islander game that you didn't watch. We I'm outshot them to. five. Oh, I'm not trying Pardon to. Me? I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not trying to. I, t- I was very honest, and I said I had everything going on today. I didn't watch the Islander game. Oh, no, game. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you watched it. I'm saying that, like, to comment on it at all, like, to get updates from an Alexa score, we were out shooting them five five shots to none and I think six shots to one. Okay. And then we got a bad penalty. Oh, blame it on the refs. The okay, Islanders, sure. The Islanders are not built to play a power play game. We win games five on five. Right. Especially Barzell, with Barzell back. Barzell's, Correct. Excuse me? Especially with Barzell back in the mix. Uh, I mean, Barzell makes our power play better, but we're still not built for a power play that's, game. That's what I'm saying. Barzell's th- embellishment. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But Barzell's embellishment call, where does that come from? That's not, a, that's, that's not an embellishment. He got cross-checked from behind. I didn't you, see when, it. I, I, when I, listen, like you said there, calls, Steven, I didn't see it, so I'm not going to comment on it. You, you know what? You, it, it works both ways. You're 100% right. I just think that um, the game has been taken out of our hands. To say that we didn't show up today and look lifeless, that's going to happen when we're out penalized six six penalties to two, um, or six power plays to two power plays. Well, e- e- so e- e- like, listen, you, I saw the score; it was three nothing. I know this 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 Islander team is not built to come from behind, like for example, the, like the Devils are. The Devils are are a come from behind kind of team. Islanders, unfortunately, this year they're just not. So when I saw that score, because I had the split screen on of the, the Knicks and the, and the Yankees, I was making dinner, I was I had a wash going, the whole thing earlier today, I check it in on the Islander score, you know, I'm like, you know what, they're not going to win this game. And, and, and I didn't need to watch it to know that, honestly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're going to win this game, but I'm saying that the blame does not fall on them when they're out penalized. So you're blaming, the, you're blaming nah. the officiating crew. I mean, come on. Is that the oldest Which trick in the book? Which is a mentality. It is, it is. But but what else is there to say? I mean, at some point, well, your team's you not good not enough. Responsible. Steven, your team's not Excuse good me? enough. That that's what there is left to say. You you don't think the Islanders are as good as the Hurricanes are this this series? No, I don't. They outplayed them in game two and lost. That happens. Okay, it happens. They lost in overtime. Fine. That's no. a coin flip. Okay, fine. They're going to get closed out. They're on the on the brink. Okay, that's it. Done. I I hear all that. I just don't think that you that it's fair to say that the Islanders are a lesser team. Than the Hurricanes, based on the five on the four games that were played. Well, Stephen, and that's your opinion, and I'm sticking to mine. That's it. And again, I, very forthcoming. I explained the entire situation that was going on in my house earlier today. There's only so many things I can watch and do all at the same time. And and I wasn't even. I, I was flipping as I jumped in the car because Clark Schmidt was p- pitching a perfect game, and and Gossman was striking out every Yankee battery face. I jumped in the car. I was like, oh my god, doing 80 miles an hour to get here. And at that point, I had to just I had to choose. It's like, all right, I, I'll listen to the Yankee game to get my timing down to see if I can, you know, if I'm going to be late or not. On the commercials, I was switching to the Nick game. There was no room for the Islanders today. There wasn't. But when I'm checking in on the score on my Amazon Alexa in the kitchen, I'm like, there's there's no chance. They, they don't have a chance. So that was the extent of, of what I said. I'm very forthcoming. I'm not going to pretend I saw the game. I didn't. But when I see that score, when I see that team go down to that score, I mean, that's it. Steven Yonkers, you're up next here on The Fan. Hi. Uh, how are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it. Um, just wanted to go on, you know, your uh, 
probably right about not worrying about the Yankees, but but I am because I've seen it before for the past I don't know how many years. Um, injuries, pitchers not pitching, hitters not hitting, big stars getting injured. I've seen it all. So can you – are you not worried about that? I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not worried. Um, first of all, I, and I know this is the cop-out answer, but it's it's a long season. It is. And and Giancarlo Stanton's bat being out of that lineup does not help the situation. Hicks, Donaldson, IKF doesn't help the situation. But I'm not going to start panicking now. No chance yeah, I'm panicking I, now. I've seen it. I've, I mean, we've all seen it. No, what, we no, what we've seen ends. it. What we we've seen we it. We don't get pitching. No. We don't get pitching in, the, in this World Series. Or we don't get the World Series. No. You need pitching. No, the thing is this. We've seen it. The Yankees have excelled offensively, and then the bats go silent in the postseason. I'd rather have it this way around, honestly. And I know you have to get to the postseason, fine. But I, I'm just not worried. I'm just not concerned about it. I mean, Kevin Gossman, seven innings of, of 11 strikeout ball? I mean, it just happens sometimes. It, it, they're slumping as a team. It happens sometimes. Now, if this continues... It's, it's happened a lot. This, I mean, I know you say, you know, the, we're the, uh, we, haven't, we haven't lost the series. Today so was now, the first series. that they, This is the first series me, they've lost. I don't know how many. We haven't swept anything either. So... Yeah, I mean, does it, does it need to be a sweep? It, it does. It, it needs yeah, to be a sweep to count sweep. to matter. I need a sweep in a, in a. I need a sweep every month. You need one sweep a month, yeah. and you're going to be that, placated. And that that would be. Um, I think that would be the well, you know, you know, mark here, of a you know a here, Steve, the, champion. Steve, the um, the good news is here is that the Minnesota Twins. Uh, first of all, April's not over, and the Yankees have two series left: Twins, Texans. They're going to sweep one of the two of them. I mean, you have to win one. You have to sweep one series a month. I get it. I get it. The Yankees bats were silent today, but they had a nice come from behind win last night. Situational hitting prevailed, which is something that has been missing from the Yankees. As of recent, as of late, we shall say. DJ LeMay, who came through in a big spot. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not concerned. All too much. Not yet. It's not It's not cause for concern just yet. It's just not. The Yankees have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of their last eight games, the Yankees have won five of their last eight. I'm not concerned. Sorry. This is not alertism radio. The sky is not falling here at the fan. I'm not concerned. And, and of course, the pitching always needs, needs to, to improve. You always you can never have enough pitching. That's going to be rectified hopefully when Rondon hopefully comes back in the end of May. You know Clark Schmidt was uh, Clark Schmidt was great today until he was allowed to give up back to back home runs after the first one. You take him out, Johnny Brito. Let's see what he can do tomorrow, right? Because I think he's the one starting tomorrow. Nestor Cortez is fine. It, it, the Yankees are fine. The Yankees are fine. Right now, there's nothing to panic about. All right, take a quick break here. We've got a, 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 a litany of calls. We could talk about R.J. Barrett and his resurgence today. Nick's expectations moving forward. So you know, it's it's like, all right, you're peeking ahead. You know, what's what's next? You're getting a little bit excited, right? So maybe we could talk about that and, and the Nets. I mean, where is the accountability for that GM getting this team into this mess, setting the franchise back for so long? And uh, we still haven't hit on the, the Max Scherzer and the sticky stuff controversy. So all of that. 
My name is Danielle McCartan with you uh, till 10 p.m. All that coming up next right here on WFAN. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan hanging with you till 10 p.m. Right here on WFAN. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. And then we we are coming on the air. If you're still partying after this this New York Knicks win, good for you. You know, it's a Sunday fun day. It's only 6.46 p.m. Beautiful. People are sending me videos outside the garden. People losing their minds as if the Knicks have already won the series. And and although they haven't yet won the series, my original prediction, as I said last week, Knicks in six, I think they get it done in five. I, I think Wednesday night's the end of it. Although selfishly, I would really love to see what would happen to the city if they did win at home on next on Friday. You know, not next Friday, but the Friday coming up. And, you know, you, did you, and, uh, what's his name? R.J. Barrett, starting to get hot. Had a great game today and in the open before I kind of did like a, you know, in hockey they do like the three stars at a game. Well, my number one star of the game for the Knicks was R.J. Barrett. Uh, although Jalen Brunson, he was a close two. But R.J. Barrett, this is the game that people are finally, um, you know, looking at for out of him. Like, all right, can't, is this the, the, the springboard to bigger and better things for R.J. Barrett? And if so, in this Knicks team, I hate to say it, they're, they're locked and loaded, man. They are. So what maybe, maybe your mind is starting to insidiously think about what's next, what's up next. How far can they take this? I think it's fine. I think you're allowed, right? I think you're allowed. I mean, just the way that they've – I mean, I'm not getting ahead of myself here, but the way that they've played against this Cavaliers team, I, I just – I mean, there's no doubt in my mind they were not going to win the, – they, they were not going to lose this game today. I mean, they didn't relinquish a lead up until midway through the third quarter. They 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 rode the wave. They sustained the run and regained control. Different players are stepping up at different times. This is a dangerous team. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Sal in Valley Stream, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, hey, Danielle. What's up there, Sal? It's been a while. Um, I have a few things that I'm going to talk to you about tonight. I'm, I have a few things. I'm going to talk about the Knicks first. So, I was watching the game last night, mm-hmm. um, and I saw a big three-pointer from a Knicks player. I, f- I forgot who scored that, and the garden went crazy. I forgot who. Uh, any of them? Pick, take your pick. Any of them? <laughs> yeah. And I said to myself, Knicks will move on to the semis. They might have, they might win the finals. I think they have a shot to win it. What do you think? I have two more things for you, Danielle. What do you think about the Knicks, if they can move on to the NBA finals? Oh, NBA finals? I mean, first got to get through the, the – uh, I mean – the series of it, they get the winner of the Bucks and the Bulls. Uh, I, I'm looking now to see how Antetokounmpo's back is doing. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But I mean, why not? Why not the Knicks? Why yeah, not? I think they should just take on the Bucks. I think it's just totally easy. I think they should just take on the Bucks. I'm not saying the Bucks are easy. No chance that the Bucks are easy. They got the oh. best player in the game on their team. Yeah, one more, two more. No, one more thing. You hear that, uh, Daniel Murphy? Joined the Long Island Ducks. With, I, I uh, heard that. Yes, I did. Yeah, um, I I heard it. It was like it was okay when I heard it, but yeah, just okay. It was fine, but um, I I emailed somebody about Murph, and he got someone got back to me, and he went on the he was unstoppable in the 2015 postseason when he hit that sixth home run in Game Four of the NLCS. I I went nuts. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. Iconic. Yeah. Did yes. you See it. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, cool. Um, one more thing. You know, I wonder if um, 
Murphy's going to come back to MLB with, um, you know, the Mets first baseman in 2012, Ike Davis? Yes, I remember Ike Davis. Davis, I don't yeah. think, is going to come back. That's a fact. I don't know. Daniel but, Murphy, I mean, it, I think it's I think it's over with him as far as Major League Baseball. Do you think Davis is, Ike Davis is going to come back? No. Um, no, one more thing. Um, Rick Wolf, I'm going to miss him. Yes. I, I was peace. listening to... I don't know. It was just beautiful. It was sad when I heard that Rick Wolf died. I mm-hmm. knew. I didn't know it was going to be his last show on the 26th. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if any of us did, Yeah, and I heard uh, Salt, Bob Salter left. Hello? Yes, so, yes. Wait. So Bob Salter retired, and um, I'm going to miss Rick Wolf. I hope all is well in his family, but yes, best I hope we're praying for him. But yes. What do you think about the Knicks moving on to the finals? All right there, Sal. And best wishes out to the, the Wolf family, of course. And um, Nick's moving on to the finals, like I said. They got to go through, uh, I don't know, most likely a – I say most likely because they're probably going to beat the Buck, the, the Bulls. Um, they're going to have to go through a Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's not put the cart before the horse here. I think if you – I mean, listen, I think if you get through this round, I think that the Knicks are playing with house money. So whatever happens, happens. Um Especially with Antetokounmpo's back. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the latest is. And there hasn't really... It's been pretty mum on the on the details of that. So we'll see. Without him in the in the lineup, I mean, the Knicks have a, have a good shot. But I don't think he's going to be sitting out. No matter how much his back hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to... Uh, go ahead. Douglas in the Bronx. You're up next here on The Fan. Uh, good, uh, good, good evening, Danielle. Hello. Hello. Hi, looking forward to your draft preview for the Giants and Jets. Oh, I can't uh, wait. Curious. Yes, I'm curious for that. I have one non-New York NFL draft okay. a bit for you. Okay, so Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, likely to get drafted early in the first round. Last year, he was famous for having an odd food quirk. He enjoyed putting mayonnaise in his coffee. Ew! Now, Danielle, does, no. Does that whet your appetite at this dinner time? No. Ew! <laughs> Whoa. So I did more research on this, would you believe? So he has since backtracked on this phenomenon. So (laughs) he he did share this on social media last year, but he claims now he only did it once because he didn't have cream or sugar. But what he actually likes in his coffee is almond milk and stevia, which I don't do. I I mean, I don't drink coffee. That's probably weird in and of itself, but I've heard of almond milk being used for sure. Mayonnaise. Nope. Uh, I've never tried it, and Ew. I am not. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on to the NBA in general. Then I get to the next. So, Draymond Green, he gets suspended, stepping on Sabonis. Uh, yeah, I Got saw ejected that. game two, got uh, suspended game three. And, I mean, it's, it's sort of sort of justice because the, uh, in, in, uh, for Golden State's sake, because they've now tied the series 2-2. But how about this? Uh, Joel Embiid. He did what he did to Nick Claxton, a flagrant one, no suspension, no ejection. Yes. And then Dylan Brooks, uh, what he did with LeBron's nether regions yesterday, uh, no suspension, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much practical slap on the wrist. I'll echo ESPN's Tony Kornheiser saying, if they were a living, breathing commissioner in the NBA, we might have more consistent Mm -hmm. rulings out there. I want to give you a stat, and this is is quite telling. Uh, Draymond Green. 905 career NBA games. Uh, Joel Embiid, 441. But in their careers, Joel Embiid has had 21 flagrant fouls as opposed to Green's 19 as of Friday, April mm. 21st. So 
I, I mean, the only difference being Draymond Green is, has been in more high-profile games than Joel Embiid. That's it. That's the only difference in the last decade. Huh. So, uh, yeah, just, again, just looking for consistency. Not there currently with the NBA. All right, on, on to my beloved Knicks. Uh, long, I'm a longtime fan, Danielle, long time. So I've been conditioned to be very skeptical of the front office, very. So, I mean, their transactions, marginal at best, mm-hmm. usually disappointing, but obviously getting Brunson, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And let's call it as it is, we kind of fleece Portland getting Josh Hart. <laughs> He's been a steal, no doubt. Uh, I mean, I'll even go into last year. You know, Reddish was a flop, Fournier was a flop, but this year, a totally different story. And I'll throw in one other thing. Little did we know, Donovan Mitchell has been helping the Knicks after all. I know, yeah. <laughs> being being completely oh non-existent in today's game, that's for sure. How about the last two days, last two games? 12, Donovan Mitchell, 12 turnovers, two from 12 and three, and 14 out of 37 from field goal percentage, uh, field goals. Uh, that's the non-existent. Now, he might get a boost in game five, I, you know, with the Cleveland crowd. Maybe, but will, will it make up for his supporting cast? That, that's, that'll be the key for them. Uh, I don't personally see it like you. I agree with that. And uh, what with the, and the Knicks were allegedly supposed to be scared. Oh, they Cavs. They have two seven footers: Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Where have they? Where yeah, have they? Where they been? been? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neutralized. Completely neutralized. Knicks still out rebounded them, especially on the offensive end. So that's that's been that's been a tremendous thing. Now I got a funny thing for you. One, one other thing. I side of theory here. Okay. You ever you ever see the movie Freaky Friday? The, yeah, the Disney movie. The one with Lizzie, okay. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on the on the on the flight back from Cleveland, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle they exchange bodies because now <laughs> Barrett's been tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm just kidding. But no, Barrett's been great. I'm around the last two games. He's really picked it up. I, I'm really yeah. And right. I, today and, he has. He but the thing yeah. is there, Douglas. He's been just wildly inconsistent. And today it it was good. Let's see what Wednesday brings. It's like up and down with R.J. Barrett. Let's see. Hopefully this is the springboard to, to bigger and better. We'll see. Probably even the motivation from the home crowd. Yeah, let's see if that trans- translates onto the road crowd. That right. would be a big boost. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's got the confidence now to uh, uh, yeah to uh, prosper here. And, yes, uh, with, with Randall. And it's a shame they didn't get a chance to talk to the media. We uh, thought so maybe because, uh, I mean, obviously he's had a history, uh, certainly recent history, being a little uh, standoffish uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the media. But, um, yeah, hope, uh, yeah, could he rest on Wednesday? That remains to be seen. But if it is we'll an ankle injury, it would have been nice to have uh, found that out uh, in the by him. But uh, I guess he didn't hey, well, want to reveal that. We, we found out either way. You know, we, we found out. And we'll see. We'll see how much it's been hampering him. Is it... The coach covering for a guy who hasn't produced up to, you know, up to expectation so far this playoffs. Maybe, maybe it's actually really bothering him. I mean, he he was out for for how long at the end of the season? I thought maybe it was healed. Who knows? I know I don't know. I'm not there. I'm I'm not him. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know. We can only conjecture. But um, I'll say I, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw limited minutes on Wednesday. Really, honestly, because then, then the next game isn't until Friday. Today's only Sunday. So maybe you, you steal some days of rest in between. And maybe that's the way they're going to manage it. I don't know. I have no idea. 
But we got a quick word from the sponsors. We got a Pete McCarthy update. If you're on hold, hang there. I will get to you right at the top of the hour. My name is Danielle McCartan. We've got one line open. Has your name on it? 877-337-6666. We are rolling into hour two of this five-hour special. Gotta love. You gotta love the pitch clock in baseball. Right? <clears throat> well, I just tuned on to uh, the Mets game here in the studio. It's Sunday Night Baseball. And... Um, I'll read you the Mets lineup in a second, but I got a text message from Dexter Henry on the break. And uh, Dexter Henry, who does updates here, he's a great guy. Um, he said, I see you. I'm like, what? So I looked through the, on the other side of the glass. Maybe he's in the newsroom. No, he's not in there. Okay. Then he sends me a picture of myself from the SNY feeds of the cameras. So these cameras are active here in the studio. All one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight of them, I guess. I only see eight of them. But he sends me a picture of myself looking at my computer or eating my dinner that's mostly cold right now, um, right next to me here. Don't worry. It's not messy. Don't worry about it. I won't I won't spill it. Um, but he said, we have a feed here at SNY. And I, I was flipping through the channels and saw you. So uh, Connor and I, I was, like, I was like, Connor, guess what just happened? So Connor and I were talking. And uh, I think it's a little voyeuristic. Where are the SNY offices? I don't even know. They're always watching you. Always. Whatever you're doing, whatever time of day, they're always watching. It's like Big Brother. I feel like I'm on Big Brother. <laughs> yeah. Is there a prize to win? It's like a reality <laughs> TV show, yeah. Yeah, what about you? You're probably on camera, too. I guess so. There's two cameras in here. Maybe those aren't on, but the studio ones are. Mm. But, yeah, maybe we're both just always being watched. This is just a social gotta experiment. Gotta watch out what you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I got I to gotta make sure I'm on my finding my P's and Q's here. You, too. Don't do anything you wouldn't want the people at SNY to see, clearly. <laughs> Dexter said he's going to show me which camera it is uh, when he comes in here next, when we're together next. But that's that's kind of that's weird. You got a picture. Where, where are the SNY offices? Are they... I th- it's not too far from here, but I think it's closer to Midtown, I think. But I'm not 100% sure. All right. Well, I told Dexter, just press a button and uh, make me go on SNY. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> just press Put you button. right on TV. Yeah, here Simulcast. we are. Simulcast. Here we are. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have a Mets lineup. I didn't want to say it too early, but uh, now we've got a 7.05 p.m. first pitch. Leading off, Brendan Nimmo, center field. He's batting second, Starling Marte, right field. Batting third, Francisco Lindor, shortstop. Cleaning up. The polar bear first baseman, Pete Alonso. By the way, what a season he's having. Why is that flying underneath the radar? Or under the radar, I should say. We've got to batting fifth, Jeff McNeil playing left field. Batting, what are we at? Sixth, Daniel Vogelback, the DH. Seventh, Brett Beatty, the third baseman. Beautiful move there. Finally, uh, batting eighth, Francisco Alvarez, the catcher. Luis Guillorme playing second and batting ninth. Tyler McGill's on the bump. Um, come on. How many times do we have to see Daniel Vogelback and Luis Guillorme in the, in, in the lineup here? What if we were to, uh, I don't know, insert a Vientos or a guy by the name of Mauricio see what happens? Let's see. But uh, apparently, the Mets win this game. They get first place in the NL, NL East. So keep an eye on that. But of course, uh, obviously, stay tuned into the radio. 877-337-6666. Okay, let's go to, um, I don't know, we'll go in the order that you called this hour. Here to start the 7 o'clock hour. D-Rock in Brooklyn. You're leading us off here. Go ahead. Oh, God, oh, D. It's great to talk with you. You're talking my favorite team, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm miserable, man. I, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, born and raised. 
Knicks fans, be happy. I'm I'm hating on y'all from afar, though. You know, I've seen the video. Remember that guy that called up when they recorded him? I think it was the first game after they beat the Celtics like two years ago. And it was like, oh, KD, don't you ever wish you came to the Knicks? <laughs> now he's doing that with, with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And, you know, Knicks fans, just, yeah, you know, enjoy it, man, because we, we really crapped the bed. D, I got to go a little deeper with you, though. Yeah. You said that uh, – my question for you, when, when you say Sean Marks needs to be held accountable, yeah. who specifically are you talking and then I'll comment for that. Being like held accountable, I guess by the media. I mean, I feel like he, this guy, always seems mm-hmm. to get a pass, and it's the biggest embarrassment going, and and no one ever seems to really want to talk about it. So I guess me being part of the media, that's what I meant. Okay, I got you. So here's my thing, and and a lot of Nets fans that I that I interact with, either well, mostly on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think I have any fans, uh, friends that are Nets fans. In fact, they're all Knicks fans or teams or, uh, fans of other teams. Nets fans, particularly on Twitter and online, seem more interested in talking amongst themselves rather than calling up your show, yes. other, other shows on the station. I I, I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I call up SiriusXM a lot of the time if, when I'm not working um, other stations. But I, I call in Opine to make my voice heard. Nets fans in general, I would say, don't want to do that. They rather talk amongst themselves. Yep. If if you're not upon if you're not amongst those that hold the popular opinion, which was back then, Katie and Kyrie can do no wrong. And if you say anything against them, then they put you on blast. They repost you and they right. retweet you, sure. and then they try to make fun of you. And all the egg is on our face because we we had a good thing going. Then we traded for these guys that abandoned us. We, we you know, Sean Marks, I always say he sold his soul. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother gave me that term because he's a Knicks fan. But Sean Marks sold his soul to Kyrie Irving yep. to try and purchase a championship with Kevin Durant. They wind up abandoning us, and, and we're the ones with egg on our face because now it's very difficult to even see what this team could do going forward. Right. Like you, you, you had mentioned it before. Right. You know, this roster, based on the trades, they're not – built to compete for anything right you you got five undersized two guards you got five small forwards and a, and a skinny center i would like to rather call him a power forward than nick claxton right. so you would like to see a few trades to kind of balance this roster out you know you heard sean marks and jack vaughn talking about we got to get guys in there that you know do the blue collar work do the dirty work mm-hmm. get nasty things which like i that. agree with right you need those kind of guys i mean look at the knicks they're full of blue collar yeah. kind of guys i like that i like that style of basketball definitely Yep. So that, that, that's that's where it starts. But in terms of who's going to hold Sean Marks accountable, unfortunately, it seems that Joe Sy really loves Sean Marks. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 was quoted in saying something along the lines of, "I'd rather have a 42-win team that plays hard than a team full of overpriced guys that don't want to be here." Essentially, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And he got what he wants. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, is, is is this team going to win anything? Is this team going to make it to the playoffs year in and year out? Is, is there any hope? Like, I, I have three children. They, they they were fans from the squad that uh, D'Angelo Russell and Kenny Atkins yes. went to the playoffs with yes. when, we got, when we lost in five. Yep. That team, that team is better than this squad. Correct. And they could have built on that team. When, when, one of those, when all those rumors were out there about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I honestly thought they were going to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. My wish list at that point was Jimmy Butler and the Morris Twins. Hmm. Jimmy Butler, the, the year after in the bubble, now a lot of people have their opinions about the bubble, but Jimmy Butler led that Miami Heat team, him and Bam Adebayo, to the finals that lost to LeBron James. Jimmy Butler would have been exactly the guy that you needed 
in the culture that you were cap- that, that in the culture that you were cultivating. Right now, I mean, I, I guess we're back to square one with Jack Vaughn, but I, I unfortunately didn't get to see the game yesterday. I, I still have it. I don't think I will, just yeah. for my own sanity. Don't. <laughs> but game four, I, I heard Jack Vaughn really crap the bed. I mean, he played Joe Harris, who shouldn't have been in that series after game one. You know, Cam Thomas is sitting there on the bench. He's a bucket. You know, he doesn't defend or whatever. But you right. need you need points and you need to rebound. Right. At least you can help solve the issue with you know halfway by putting in Cam Thomas. But you don't do that. You got Yuta Watanabe. I don't know how he he was able to play when Durant was here, and then all of a sudden he can't find the, the floor. Right. So this this is just a mess all around. It is. Uh, thanks for letting me rant. Yeah. But Knicks fans enjoy it, and us Nets fans. <laughs> However many there are of us out there, we got a lot of work to do. But as, in terms of Sean Marks, I, I'm not convinced he's the guy because this small ball blueprint that he's had ever since he got here, it's 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 not working. Maybe right. it's time for a new person to get in there, but that's just that's up to Joe Sy, who I don't think is going to let him go. Exactly, D Rock, you couldn't have articulated that better because I, I I agree with you, and I agree with you that. That's it. This is the guy that's going to get a new stab, a new iteration of reconstructing this Nets team. Unfortunately, I think. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And, and one more thing. It, it, it sucks because look at – and this is why I love the man so much. I mean, when he came in here, it was the Boston Celtics. Like, I'm watching them right now. Ian Evil looks so happy calling this Boston Celtics Atlanta game because he's not calling the Nets. But look at what he inherited, you know, the worst – possible situation in right. three years he turned that around right now if if he were to say rebuild from scratch because i'm pretty sure you heard about the damian lillard I heard, uh, rumors yeah. that are out there yep so I, I i don't think that's the move what may be the move is if you said you know what i need to blow this up to rebuild yes. it from scratch yep. maybe you maybe you trade away mikhail bridges to the portland trailblazers you get that number whatever pick it may be i mean if they get one yama i don't think they're going to trade him correct Uh, they'll want to keep it but if it's anything but one maybe you trade a mikhail bridges maybe you get rid of all of the other veterans on this team and you say you know what yep sean marks you did it before do it again build us a woman from scratch agreed and this time just don't go after guys that don't fit your culture build it the right way and build smartly get the foundational pieces that you need in there and bring the saws along and see what happens. Yeah, agreed. But thanks, D. Yeah, D. Rock, thanks. I appreciate that. And you know what? I, I like Jacques Vaughn as a coach. I think I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I think he's just you know kind of handcuffed with what he can do with what he has at this point. Uh, let's go to Jake in Staten Island. You're up next here on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Um, I just I listen to the show and being like here in New York sports media all the time. I'm just sick and tired of Yankee fans just jumping on things so early. They finally lost the series. And people are acting like it's the end of the world. Right. I just feel, I mean, they play, I don't want to say the Twins are easy. Obviously, the first two games of that series last week were difficult losses. But I think they're going to win this series. I think they'll either win or split in Texas. They'll end the month with 17 and 19 wins. And they'll be in good shape. Yes. I just don't understand the fuss around the team right now. I don't get it either. I mean, everybody's calling me up. Oh, season's over. Volpe, send them back down. This, that. Oh, wait a second. The Yankees, are, they're, just, they're doing just fine. They are doing just fine. How about the guy who said, well, they need to sweep at least one series a month? Oh, yeah, me, me oh, and my come dad on. were laughing at him. Come on. I think, um, I don't think Volpe should be sent down. No. I think that I think that he gets on base a lot. I think that he's been, he looks more comfortable in the leadoff spot. His defense is there. When he does get on base, he's a real problem. Um, I think that, I personally think that they should have kept Peraza up from last year because he was really good when they kept him up. 
but they got to just see what they got. I mean, and the in the whole guy who was talking about the injuries and everything, mm-hmm. they're gonna be fine. They're getting a lot. They're getting good guys back in May. They're getting hopefully Stanton in late May. They'll get Bader, Chevy, hopefully Rodon. Yep. My thing is, is I think. May is the month you really got to look at. I like between late May, like from mid May to mid June, is really gonna test it for me. Because I, you, I, to me, you got to see what guys like IKF, Donaldson, Hicks, if they're still underperforming. I don't think you wait till the deadline. I think you move those guys. Yep. I think Clay Holmes. I did really like him, but I just think we have so many other bullpen arms that it's just time to move on from him. Interesting. Um, I, I like Clay Holmes. I like what he can do. I'm not sure I'm, I'm moving on from him because then, then who, who you have in closing games? Loisga has been completely unreliable. Michael King. Mm. Ron Marinaccio could close games. Yeah. Had outing yesterday, but besides that, when has he had another like oh uh, outing? Hmm. I just I get think it. that there's a bunch of different arms that you can manipulate, and I would because the thing is, I don't think that he's necessarily the worst Clay Holmes, but if you are going to cut ties with him eventually, you might as well try and trade him and get something for him while sure. you can. Sure, of course. I always subscribe to that too. But getting back to what you said about the month of May, my kind of like litmus test, in my opinion here, is I, I want to see what the Yankees can do against the Rays. That's oh, that's always my litmus test. So they've got a, a series with the Rays starting on, on May 11th. I'm actually going to the game on the 12th. So let's see what happens in those four games. May 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. And then they get them... Again, oh, I'm sorry, that's the second series. They have a May 5th, 6th, and 7th, and again, the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. By the 14th, maybe I'll be on Sunday, May 14th, by that time, we're going to get a really good read on this Yankees team, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I just think people just need to chill out. Yes. Because we're getting guys back. Agreed. People are going to get more comfortable. Lineup, because the lineup, how it's constructed, you got a lot of guys who are a little shrieky, but we saw, I mean, a week ago, or a week and a half ago, Glaber Torres was the best hitter in the league. Yep. He's slumping a little bit now. I just think people got to give it time, let let it go through its motions, and the team will be fine. I think out of the team, the, the team the last couple of years, they've been the best one. Yeah, because, I think it's the I most mean, complete team. I, be, I think what are the Yankees third or absolutely. fourth in the league in stolen bases? I, I yes, I agree with you on that. Because especially too, I mean, when's the last time a team, a Yankee team, has gone this long the season without taking a series loss? Mm-hmm. I don't know so, that. Uh, that I don't know, but you know, it's. I don't know, but it's positive, Jake. There, thanks for the call. It's positive, and if, if you're making an immediate change, here's the change I would make. I would do probably uh, Volpe. I would keep him leading off. I love him on the base. He's a terror on the base bases. So I'd keep uh, Volpe one. I'd slide DJ up to two. I'd put Judge three, and I'd put Rizzo four. That's kind of the change. If you're making a change, that's the change I would make. Kind of sort of. Immediate, you know, more immediate than not. As I have the Mets game on here in the studio, Michael Conforto just cranked one out into McCovey's Cove, but it was foul. So it's 0-0 Mets, Mets-Giants, bottom of the first inning. I'll keep you posted on that. I appreciate you keeping me, you know, locked in here. We'll continue with the conversations going on and on and on. And I did want to introduce the, the Max Scherzer and the sticky stuff controversy going around here. And I would like to say... um. With how bad and how thin this Mets starting pitching has been with Justin Verlander on the shelf, it's kind of a little bit, tiny bit, mind-blowing to me why Max Scherzer did not choose to appeal his suspension. 
I'm Danielle McCartan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We'll talk about the possible reasons why he did not do that right here on The Fan. Can I get a whoop whoop? Welcome back. My name is Danielle McCartan here with you till 10 p.m. here on The Fan in New York City, the greatest city in the world. Got the Mets on TV. Oh, it's now one nothing Giants. Giants over the Mets, one nothing. Appreciate you watching the game on TV, tuning into me on the radio while you're doing that. Some of you guys have told me that um, on social media that that's what you're doing. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Come on the air you know, on, on a big day, uh, a monumental day for Knicks basketball. Um, the Knicks are on the precipice. They are on the precipice of advancing to the next round. I think it happens on Wednesday. I, I don't know. I don't foresee a way in which the Cavaliers can stop them, other than if, you know the potential, you know, variable that it's that it's in Cleveland. Other than that, uh, I, I think the Knicks have have a good thing going. I said before that it's like, you know, any any one of these guys can step up and beat you. And I pointed to the third quarter when when the Cavs kind of locked down Jalen Brunson a little bit, and then guess who stepped up? Josh Hart. Josh Hart stepped up and and he. Kind of picked up the slack there. And then R.J. Barrett from there. So it's like, whichever guy gets hot is the guy that's going to beat you. It's not like the Cavs where Donovan Mitchell, he, he's the guy. You know, beyond him, maybe Garland, maybe. But beyond them, it's it's Jared Allen's pretty much been a nothing. Levert, a nothing, you know. So um, I think the Knicks are in a really good spot moving forward. 877-337-6666. I said Knicks in six. I'm amending it. I said Nixon six last week. It's going to be Nixon five. Nixon five. Let's go to a Vinny in Long Island. You're up next here on the fan, Vinny. Hey, hey, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you, Vinny? What's up? Good. Uh, you know, uh, I was hoping to double down after Friday night uh, with, you know, with the Knicks, Islanders, and, and, uh, and Mets all all winning. But uh, tough loss for, for my Islanders today. I was hoping, you know, at least tie it up getting back to Carolina and then you know best of three from there but you know I know someone said it before and you said it they're uh you know they're they're a tough team right and they can play with Carolina but uh Carolina is definitely the better team and yeah. uh you know but but hopefully they can steal one uh you know in, in Carolina at least get it back here one more time yeah yeah yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks are buzzing right now and it, and it feels great I'm uh you know I'm, I'm gonna be 35 this year and I remember you know, I remember those late '90s teams, and uh, you know, I think this team is is kind of reminiscent of those teams with with defense and and the toughness that they play with. Uh, you know, I, I think there's still a few pieces away, but I don't want to think about that right now. Right. I don't want to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I see agree how, with you. See how I think far this is going to take them. Who knows? Yeah, if they, you know, I, I don't like to go with the house money, especially with the with the teams that I root for, because there's been very little success in my in my lifetime, obviously the Mets as well and, and the Jets, but uh, you know, this is, if they, you know, when they get past this round, if they get past this round, uh, you know, going up against any one of those teams above them in the East, uh, you know, you're not going to look at that as a failure. If they don't, if they don't beat any one of those teams, the Bucks, the Sixers, the, the Celtics, you know, any, any one of those teams. Um, and uh, you know, the view is as a successful season and hopefully add a couple pieces and, and, Move on, but we'll see what happens. Love the net lineup tonight. Uh, I think you said it before. Love that they're getting Beatty in there. Oh, I love it. Uh, let him play. Yes. Let Alvarez play. Yes. Want to see Mauricio sooner rather than later at second. And, yep. and 
let's let's go get a DH, right? Vientos could could be really good, but you, you got a good mix of, of young and, and old, or not old, but you know, young and veteran, little little bit experience, yep, yeah, for sure. Um, but let's go let's go get a, a DH, and uh, you know, I know I know they don't grow on trees, but. Uh, uh, you know, well, Uncle Steve has shown the. I know, Vinny, the, but that's the, the thing. Ability, that, right? He's shown the ability, but 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 Billy Epler had had many options. I outlined all of them very beautifully here on the radio, and he didn't go after any one of them. And I'm wondering why not? Because who's the answer? Vogelback? Come on. Yeah, no, he's he's absolutely not the answer. Uh, you know, and and. Hopefully they can make a run at Otani in the off season, and that'd be a great, uh, great guy to plug in at DH. But you know, there's there's guys out there that I'd like to see them at least go and make a trade for uh, to to try to plug in this year. But uh, the pitching has been has been uh, solid. The bullpen is has been a strength, which is not something that we've been able to say a lot, uh, whether it be recently or even uh, with Met teams that were successful. Uh, so it should be uh, should, should be a fun year, but a good time good time to be a New York sports fan. You know, very optimistic for once. Yes, and, uh, this is fun. Let's uh, let's let's keep it going. Yeah, Vinny, let, let's keep it going. This is fun hosting shows like this. This is fun. What all the teams are doing really well. I mean, when when it's like a oh, it's like a do, the doldrums. You're like you leave here and you're like oh, like right now I feel energized. You know, I just it's a it's a good time. It's a good time for New York sports. It is. All three of our hockey teams are in the playoffs as of right now. Um, the Nets unfortunately just got eliminated, but they made it there. I mean, right? And, and the Knicks are still in it, and who knows how far they can go? And but both baseball teams look good, honestly. And and you got Aaron Rodgers probably coming to the Jets. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot to be happy about here. And by the way. Little shout out to the New York Liberty. They are locked and loaded. So if you wanted to bet on them to win the win the championship, that's probably a really good bet. Let's go, Marty in Westchester. You're up next here on the fan. Yes. Good evening, Danielle. I'd like to talk about uh, the Yankees tonight. Yeah. Um, they are holding their own uh, so far in April, despite the entries to the uh, starting rotation. Correct. And uh, uh, just to respond to your comments earlier in the show, they always seem to uh, find a way in the regular season. Uh, you, can, you don't win a pennant or lose a pennant in April. And there are some speed bumps along the way that happen. Uh, but, but they've made the playoffs every year since 2017. Mm-hmm. And they always seem to try to do something at the trade deadline. But uh, uh, right now, I mean, they're, they're doing okay despite despite the injuries. It's, it's obvious they do need Rodon and um, Severino to come back at some point. Right. Because Cole... And Cortez are carrying the starting rotation they right are. now, mm-hmm. so that's important. But I do think Clay Holmes. I mean, he's a closer. I mean, I don't see anybody overtaking him at this point. Well, you know I, what? They, yeah. they like playing matchups, though. That's the thing. I don't. I don't love the matchup playing, but that's the way they. They had him in in the seventh inning the other day, and I'm like, I, I was at the at the stadium yesterday. I was kind of surprised yeah. that he was brought in uh, with two out in the seventh inning. Uh-huh. And fortunately, it worked out for them because they they got some clutch hits late in the game. To win, right? But I, I think for the most part, he should still be in the closers' role. I agree with you, and I think we've talked about this before, there, Marty. But that's not how the Yankees see it. The Yankees look at yeah. the paper: who's coming up to bat, who matches up be- best with whom, and that's who they're putting in there. Unfortunately, right? And you know, you never like to see a player get injured, but I think the the Yankees are fortified at third base without. I mean, with the absence of uh, Donaldson, I yeah. think uh, Lemayo is fine there. Yep. And, 
I think uh, they're going to give Peraza a chance to play there occasionally, and uh, especially LeMail. I mean, he, I think he could play, uh, th- obviously, third, uh, second, and first. So I think they're pretty yep. well fortified at third base uh, with DJ at yeah. this point. And the question is what to do with Josh Donaldson when he comes back. That's the big question. Well, it's hard. it'll be hard to move him. He's, he has such a big salary. I know. They may have to... They may have to, you know, deal with that this year. I think after the season, then they can move on from him. Yeah, he might have to be like the uh, the utility kind of, like you know how DJ LeMay who kind of moves around. Mm-hmm. It might have to be Josh Donaldson that gives a guy a break at third every once in a while. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a sticky situation to be in. Right, I agree with that, and uh, you know, it may work out for them. But I definitely think they have options at third base and. Uh, I mean, they're doing well at second base with Glaber, and uh, and apparently they're playing Peraza also. So there's a lot of versatility throughout the infield. Yeah, uh, yeah, Marty, I'm with you, and and I just I just want to keep Volpe there at shortstop. Give him Absolutely. a real chance. Give him a real chance. Keep him there. Brought him up. Let him learn. You know, let him go through the lumps. He'll be all right. He'll be fine. Right, and I did see him a few uh, play a few games at. Uh, Hudson Valley a couple of years ago in Double A, mm-hmm. and what he showed yesterday, I saw that in the few games I saw him in the Myers, he does have the ability to, to to drive the ball to the opposite field, and that was very encouraging to see when yes. he hit that home run late in the game. Yep, and the menace that he is on the base paths. I mean, really, he's a big time base stealer, which yeah. is something they haven't had in a long time. I know, I know. Well, we'll see. But and, and thanks for the call there, Marty. Any Yankee fan calling up that thinks the sky is falling, this and that, well, you know what? It's not. It's not. Despite the injuries, the Yankees are prevailing. And um, here we have in the Met game, top of the second inning. This is a big spot here. Bases are loaded. Brett Beatty just legged out an infield single. I don't know if they'll score it in error. I don't think so. We'll see. But um, legged out an infield single. Bases are loaded with Francisco Alvarez at the plate. Alvarez is hitting 130 on the season. 130. This is a huge spot for him. And I must say that I saw it just before on this TV, and I saw it on the Apple TV games. When they have the umpire cam, I love it. I feel like I'm back in the batter's box. I love the umpire cam. More umpire cam, please. And uh, before I take the next call, I do want to see the end of this at bat here. We've got a 2-1 count. On Alvarez. And what a big spot for the rookie here. The game plan of Stripling seems to be hammer the outside corner. I wonder if he comes inside now. Low in. Let's see. 2-2 two, two count, by the way. And, I, you know, I'm just so happy that Alvarez is up there. We've got him. He's worked a full count in a very high leverage situation here. You've got McNeil on third. Vogel back at second. And Beatty at first. And in a really, a really good attempt just before I had pitch framing here by the Giants catcher. And Alvarez ripped one to shortstop. 6-4-3 up. He's out. 6-4-3 double play. Three outs. Ends the inning. What a big spot. What could have been for Alvarez there? He's got a fan in uh, San Francisco raising the roof. As he cheers on his San Francisco Giants. All right, back to the calls. Let's go to uh, Richard in Manhattan. What's up there, Richard? Danielle, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Then I'll ask you a question speaking for another segment of people, okay. people. All right. For you, Danielle McCarthy, let's say you're a season ticket holder. Nick's season ticket holder. Okay. 
Money is no object. You're pretty independent. Everything is fine. Do you want the Knicks to win game five? Do I want them now, to you're not just a fan. You're, in essence, a partner because you're a season ticket holder. So you've invested in them. Knowing that if they lose the game five, yeah. there's a game six. Yeah, they'll come back to New York. Which means either you can go to game six or make a ton of money on game six. Yeah, listen. No, I'm I, asking you No, now. no, I know. If I'm a season ticket holder and this is, I mean, it's not like this team wins consistently all the time, you know. I, I wouldn't be selling. First, I wouldn't be selling them. So if it were me, I'd want them to win in five so that I, I'm ready to go for the next round. Okay, what do you think most season ticket holders are um, feeling? I don't really know. I, I never own season ticket holders, but I feel like you're going to go with they're going to sell them. Sure, right? I mean, you can make, you probably could make what you paid for the whole year on uh, Thursday. Was it Thursday? If the game Friday, six? Friday night. Friday night. You can make what, and then, you know, then you'll have to, if they win, obviously, or even if they win game seven, then you go to the next round. And you have tickets again, and it begins. So I, there's I don't no know. way you or, but there is a way you do, you do think that season ticket holders are hoping that the Knicks lose on on Tuesday night. Nah, because if you're a diehard fan, I think I think you're amped up. But and, they're not just diehard fans. Yeah, but but what would be but Richard, what would be worth more money? Uh, winning but, the first round or watching them move on to the next round? I think the next round tickets would be worth. But they're more. invested in the team. They're partners with the team. They've, 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 they're, you know, they're shelling out money, and they have a chance to make money. Right, but they're you, make, you would make fans. more money in the second round than you would in the game six in the first round. But that's just it. That I understand. But every game that goes through, you know, that's money. Right. Uh, so I don't okay. know. I don't. I don't think it's clear cut as you think. I think there's a lot of selling on those uh, in these games so, because people think that the games will just keep going on and on. They don't go to this game. But they'll go to the next game. Yeah, Richard, you're not. There's no way you're implying the Knicks are, are going to punt on Wednesday to to oh, no, play Friday. It has nothing to do with the players. Oh, okay, now, okay. The organization. Okay, now, okay. I'm just talking. Well, this is new now with the resale of tickets. Yeah. Of course, in well, the old days, we never thought it's stuff like this. I mean, fairly new, I guess. Yeah, in the last 2020, with yeah, the yeah. StubHub yeah. and the resale tickets and all. Mm-hmm. And it looks good that they're up three to one. It's not like it's three two or three three or something like that where you. You know, obvious or three zero. Well, if it was three zero, then I guess it might even be worse. But anyway, I just wanted to get your feel on. Or always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Danielle. thanks, there, Richard. Yeah, I mean, if I have season tickets and if it's a team that you know always seems to win, and it wouldn't be a huge deal if I you know sold a game or two, you know, but the Knicks they don't get there often, you know. And I, I me personally speaking, I'm not I'm not selling them. I wouldn't sell them. But I know people think otherwise. By the way, Estrada just jacked a homer off Tyler McGill. It is 2-0 San Francisco Giants. And uh, I think now is a really, really good time. I, I really want to get into this sticky stuff with uh, with Max Scherzer. So um, let's see. I, I, I just I, I sat down today and I was trying to figure out why, why. He wouldn't combat or appeal his suspension, or at least try. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to WFAN, New York Sports Radio. Thank you for tuning in to my show. My name is Danielle McCartan. Um, you're just, you know, passing by on the radio dial. Thanks for stopping. 
If you want to follow me on social media, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Um, as the Mets are losing, they're down still 2 nothing in the third out in San Francisco. Uh, I, I, maybe I should have asked Connor, maybe I should have been a little bit more strategic about this um, before the Mets game started, but we're riding the Knicks wave here, and, and we still are. But um, I wanted to talk and weigh in a little bit about Max Scherzer because currently he is um, serving his 10-game suspension. He's in the middle of it right now. And um, I'd have to say that right now, I mean, there are shirts being printed right now with the, the, the expression. I've seen them. Rosin and sweat. Rosin and sweat. And, and Max Scherzer was so adamant after the game, like insisting that he would appeal any, any, and all suspension. And so, John Heyman also tweeted at 6.35 p.m. that night that he said, Scherzer suspended 10 games, will appeal. And Scherzer was also hit with a $10,000 fine. For a guy that was so animated and so adamant on the field. For a guy who swore on his kids that it was just rosin and sweat. By the way, I had an NYPD detective. Shout out to them. Thanks for keeping us safe. Uh, but but he, he, he messaged me on Twitter privately, and he said he's telling the truth, especially since he swore on his kids. Okay. So then I'm with it. In a stunning development to me, Max Scherzer says, not in these words, obviously, but these are, these are mine. But in essence, he said, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to take the 10-game suspension. That was stunning to me on many levels. A, because he was so animated and so adamant at so many different junctures that what he had on his hands was not illegal. B, because this Mets pitching staff without him is, you know, it's just absolutely decimated. I mean, look at the available pitching depth right now on this team and tell me that Max Scherzer is not needed in that group. Because here we are in San Francisco, top of the third. Mets are already down 2 nothing. And see, if it, if it really was just sweat and rosin, and you said you washed your hands between innings in front of a Major League Baseball official, why not just appeal it? Like, like right? Like, I, I can understand Scherzer, like, trying to outthink the league when it came out that it wasn't going to be an independent arbitrator or whatever. It, it was actually going to be an MLB official to hear the case. I get it. I am with him because I think that the league, air quotes there, would side with the umpires and not with the players. So I am with him there. But then again, all you need in his case is that Major League Baseball official who, as you say, witnessed you washing your hands between innings to testify on your behalf. I mean, it's really that black and white. Like, like Judge Judy, case closed. Like, done. You know, she hits the table. You know that? And, you know, and I think it was, I think it was Keith Hernandez that said on the live broadcast that day, he said, this is a quote, I would have thought that Buck would have been run here. Like, right? Like, like Buck Showalter did nothing. And I, I didn't like that at all. But to me, that could be easily interpreted. It's ambiguous, but it could be easily interpreted as, yep, 
I saw that he had illegal stuff on his hands, and I'm, I'm just not going to get involved. Like, that's a terrible look. And ultimately, after all said and done, I actually think that Max Scherzer maintains his innocence. He's, he's innocent because the rules themselves are so fugazi and they are so ambiguous. So, well, Scherzer's going to serve it. He'll be back and eligible to pitch May 1st against, right now, the NL East leading Mets a half a game at the moment behind. The Atlanta Braves. It's the third of the three games in that series, so it's not like you could say, oh, he'd be back sooner. It's it's the last one. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of variables to this. Ultimately, in my heart of hearts, I believe that Max Scherzer is innocent. I, I just didn't like... I don't... Just not trying. Because there is an out, of course. If the if the, if the person washed, watched you wash your hands, then that's all they need. Starling Marte, by the way, just slid home safely on a what looks to be yeah a double by Francisco Lindor to left field. So Mets are on the board, two one. Uh, San Francisco still leads. All right, we'll go to the calls eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Like like am I off base on this? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I I hope not. Let's go, Ben in Queens. You're up next here on the fan. Evening, there, Coach. How are you, Ben? Wait, wait you know what's hilarious about this? What? A week ago, week ago, eight days, we got into it about the Domingo Herman situation. I know. And what was hilarious about this, I was like, okay, all right, just take the appeal and do what you have to do. Then he said the lie. I bet my kids lied on this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, as soon as he denied the appeal, I went quickly to look at the Newsday obituaries. Why? You can't be bringing your kids into this mess. Oh, you oh I see what you're saying. <laughs> you, you, you just can't. What are you doing? I know. And, and that's why it was so shocking to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to appeal it. Like, wait, what? And holy, and, and you brought up a point that no one else has touched on just now. You just did. And this ain't a part of what I'm talking about, but I'll just say it. You went and said that. But your own manager didn't put up a fight for you. Yeah. I didn't like that. Ooh. I didn't like that. Mm, that you, you, you know what that is? And again, I'll bring it back to like some of the NBA stuff. When Draymond Green did what he did, he does all of that. Nobody went out to try to stop him. Hmm. And that's what, that's what got him the suspension for the next game. Nobody stepped out on that court like Draymond. Calm it down, man. Walk to the back. Yeah. Well, this time, Scherzer does this. He's throwing the antics. Buck stood there. <laughs> Buck did not yeah. move. <laughs> you know, there is no further damnation to you than when nobody got your back on it. Yeah. To me, you know, okay, maybe you know, Buck didn't get want didn't want to get thrown out of the game, but that's what you have a bench coach for, by the way. But yeah. uh, to me, I, it was very ambiguous. You know, you want to stick up for your guy. He's your ace. He's not like he's like your sixth or seventh pitcher on the roster. He's your ace. You want to get in there. I, I would think you would want to get. I, I know I would be in there arguing on his behalf. Okay, so quickly before I get to the main topics, personal note. Because we know what's coming up this summer. England took a big loss 
losing Lee uh, Williamson in the back, that header, you know, and for, for, for folks listening, I'm talking about the English women's team because England's women's team is considered the favorites, and they've now lost two main strikers and now their main defense person. So the Americans just lost Mallory Swanson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Took this, the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say that. Yeah, this, this uh, again, uh, this, uh, the fame, and with turmoil in France, too, folks, this may be an unexpected year in the World Cup. But my, my three main points real fast, firstly, to that Knicks fan that just called, you're the reason why Knicks fans are hated. Should we lose game five so that I could sell my tickets to n- bra? How long have we went for a good team? If you got a chance to win game five in advance, win it in advance. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear about your pocketbook. I'm, I'm not selling my tickets anyway. I, I want to see the team win. I want to be there. I want to be in these streets when they win, if they win. I've long been priced out of the garden. But just to hear a fan who has a chance to be there say, well, maybe we should lose a clinching game on the road so that I could sell my ticket at home. Bro, just 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 walk away. <laughs> to, to the Yankee fan who was calling panicking again about Volpe and the thing. Listen, it's nothing new. It is nothing new with the Yanks. Okay? They're thirteen and nine. They could be better, but hitting with runners in scoring position. But you see, Yankee fans, you, you never make a big issue about that because whenever we talk about putting real hitters on this team, we're the Yankees. We need power. We're the Yankees. We're Bronx Bombers. So now you have a 5-5 five and five homestand where you're facing teams that can make contact at will. And all of a sudden, oh, what are we going to do? Y- you made the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just got to realize you made the bed. And the last point is going to go to the Rangers because – <sighs> Had to make this hard, didn't you guys? Had to make this hard. So, like, if I see Fox on the point again, <laughs> not wanting to take that shot, and I'm not saying you have to hit anything, but I, I, all the credit to the Devils. Because the Devils went and they kept on pressuring Fox. Yeah, They were like, yo, he isn't going to take the shot. And by pressuring him, he rushed his passes to Panarin. He rushed his passes to Tarasenko. He rushed his passes to Kane. And the Rangers couldn't get into their offense. Fuck, you've got to take that shot once in a while. You do like DeAndre Miller. You've got to just take that point shot. Said, not every time you've got to take it once. But, uh, and, and remember, when we talked about this, about the Rangers and the Devils switching roles, I had fans call up after me and said I was kidding. You saw what happens when the Devils use their speed. Yes. I mean, that's, that's odd. obviously the game plan of the Rangers is to neutralize. I mean, exactly. the Devils are a faster faster team than the Rangers anyway. So if it's me, if I'm Galan, I'm saying we have to figure out ways to neutralize this speed, and this game is going to be ours. And you've seen it. They, they, they've, they're smothering Jack Hughes. When, when the Devils get out and they do that, you can see it. Hughes was gaining confidence all through that third 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 period. Oh, he, 
here's the goal, and now he's just start cranking up. The first, the first 18 minutes of this game, he's tripping on himself on the ice. Mm-hmm. He's falling all over the place. The last 10 minutes of this game, he was with a blur. Yep. And that was like, the Rangers got to score. Ranger, if this goes to overtime, we're in trouble. If the Rangers got to score, if this goes into <laughs> overtime, we're in overtime, we're in trouble. Oh, God. But, hey, it's a series now. Oh, <laughs> Rangers, yeah. You better win this game four because uh, the Devils, we confident, is a troubled team. That I, I, give, I give them all the credit in the world. They took that right-left combination. They could have been out of it. And they just came back and they put that attack on in the third. Coach, thanks for the time. This has been fun. Yeah, Ben, thanks. I appreciate it, as always, there. Um, yeah, this is a series. This is – this. not that – I mean, maybe because it's New York, New Jersey, but I, that is the series that I am most intrigued by in this NHL playoffs, out of all of them. Maybe I'm just, you know, biased because it's in our area. All right, we've got a quick update from Pete McCarthy. I'm Danielle McCartan here on The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. We are three hours down. Still two to go. And we've got the, the NFL draft upcoming. And I can't wait. I have my draft packet as I've every year. There was a caller last week. I hope you're listening right now. He wants to know what I think the Jets were going to do in the draft. Well, guess what? I'm ready. I spent all day Friday. We had a we had a day off from school. I spent all day Friday working on this packet. I am very well-versed in this draft. But before we do that, um, I, I would like to just continue and just final thoughts here. Um, because whether Max Scherzer was guilty or not, and of course, get to your calls, 877-337-6666. You are what helps make this show run, of course. But whether Max Scherzer w- was guilty or not, um, you know, Domingo Herman was allowed to stay in. Scherzer was ejected. You know, if you listen to the show, you know that this is uh, – I. Dana McCartan, are, are, and very solution-based, um, just in life, uh, but especially on the show. So it's opened up a larger conversation between, we've seen it right here in New York, front row. We've got Herman, Herman treated one way, Scherzer treated another way. Um, whether they were innocent or guilty, either of the two of them, in your opinion, you know, put aside your feelings, you know, whatever, there's a problem here. Because only three pitchers have been ejected under this, like, sticky stuff crackdown. And all three of them have been ejected by none other than Phil Cuzzy. Now, you know my stance in that umpires at any level should be seen and not hurt. Ever hear that when you're a kid? You should be seen and not hurt? Well, that's how umpires should be, okay? Like, we, as fans of the game of baseball, we should not know the names of umpires, their entire belief systems and philosophies. But Phil Cuzzy who insists on continuously being the star of the show, clearly doesn't believe in my philosophy. Maybe it's this guy, Phil Cuzzy, that needs an education on the chemical properties of rosin, which is a legal substance in a game of baseball. So all three pitchers that have ever been ejected for illegal sticky stuff have come by way of Phil Cuzzy. And here's what the, you know, we know what Max Scherzer said this week. Here's what the other two had to say. Because I went back after they were, you know, very big air quotes here, caught. You're going to see a common thread. Hector Santiago last year, or 2021. Oh, wow. Time flies. But 2021, Hector Santiago said, quote, he said he felt some sticky stuff on the inside of the glove. All I used was rosin. 
I use it on both sides, trying to keep that sweat from dripping down to the hands. Hmm. Okay. Caleb Smith in 2021 said, if I cheated, I would own up to it. So even my glove comes back from MLB after the umpires confiscated it, and they say I wasn't cheating. I mean, that's already out there, though. People are going to go with it. They're just dragging my name through the mud. And Caleb Smith, that same year, also called the umpire's finding of sticky stuff on his glove BS. But he didn't use the initials BS. He he said the word. He said BS because there's nothing on it. And here's along the same lines of what Scherzer was saying, was it not? Smith also said, I'm not stupid. I know the the main two things that they check are your glove and your hat. If I'm using something, which I wasn't, I wouldn't put it in my glove or my hat. That's just ignorant. All three of those guys were suspended 10 games on a judgment call made by Phil Cuzzy without any hard evidence. And now, I, I rarely agree with Scott Boris, but he's absolutely right when he said, this is a quote, if you want to attack the integrity of the competition, you need clear, precise standards, else you damage the game and its players. The Cuzzy on-field spectrometer is not the answer. MLB needs to employ available scientific methods, not subjective, to create the verifiable certainty of its rules. That's Scott Boris. Now, I know he's just kind of protecting any of his clients if they were to ever get busted in the future. I, I understand that. But it's the truth. You can't have Phil Cuzzy out there touching everybody's hands and saying, oh, this is the stickiest hand I ever felt in my life. You just can't have it. And how is it that three the three guys that were suspended all came at the hands, no pun intended, of Phil Cuzzy? So... It got me thinking. I was driving back from Home Depot. I needed to pick up some hay to try to finally grow some grass. Anyway, got me thinking. I don't know if this is an adjudication on me, but I'll say it anyway. I was traveling home to Newark from Paris, France. Newark Airport from Paris, France. And it was at a time, I forget the year, but it wasn't long after there was like this big terrorist attack in Paris, France. And 20, I was 20, what, 2014, maybe it was? 2014, I think. And it doesn't matter. But I was randomly selected to go to the side, you know, through the security detail. And I got a full pat down, the whole thing. Had to get my hands swabbed, the whole thing. And you know me. I was like, oh, like, what's the hand swab for? And she said, she very flatly, I'll never forget it. She was like, explosive making material. And I was like, oh. Okay, cool. So they, they, they took the little thing, the little swab that they swabbed my hands with, just a quick little dusting. They put it in a little machine, found that I was, you know, didn't have any bomb-making materials on my hands. But my point being, it's 2023. Major League Baseball is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Find a little nerd in his or her basement and have them come up with some sort of test paper and a little quick reader like that at an airport and be done with it. You rub it on the hands of a pitcher, you eradicate the rule of too much, and, and that's it. You'd be on your way. But this subjectiveness and all of it, and maybe that's not the solution. Maybe you have one. You call me, 877-337-6666. If you have thoughts on that, you call me up, and you tell me. But but this cannot be the, as as and I laughed when I read this, Scott Boris called it the, the cuzzy on-field spectrometer. And he's absolutely right. Quick check-in in the Mets game. Again, Alvarez. Look at this. I just picked my head up. 
Francisco Alvarez, again, with the bases loaded, 1-1 count, top of the fourth. Well, he couldn't come through the first time around in this exact same situation, but this time there's no outs. Last time, there was one. He grounded into a double play last time. Let's see what happens. Let's go to the phones. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We go to Rob in Port Washington. What's up there, Rob? Oh, hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making uh, it. I think you do. I think you do a great job. Thank you. So just just um just on your comment about the umpires. I mean, I think the problem is not with just with MLB and also NFL and NHL and NBA is that the league is asking these officials just to do too much. Like you're you're asking them, you're putting in new rules and you're asking them to be like the interpreters of them. Mm-hmm. And that puts them, and I know, like, because it seems like a one-off, but just in general, like, the more stuff that you try to regulate, the more it, it's, a, it's a bad position for the, for, for the umpires or the refs or whomever. Right. And, it, like, at some point, it just has to, like, it just has to stop. Well, because I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Because, because the rule is not written very precisely. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm just saying it's 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 not it's not an umpire issue. It's really like an MLB issue. Like, and if they're not if they're not going to really clearly sort of provide guidelines to umpires to enforce it, then it's all going to be subjective. Correct. At the end of the day. Correct. Correct. So but 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 so then like, why I, hasn't? I, I don't know. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was just gonna say then no, why just... why is Phil Cuzzy the only guy who's ever thrown anybody out ever? Like, come on. Because he may just because that may be his his his. That's what he wants to do, but that's not a, that's not a, like a mark against him. It's a mark against MLB giving him that latitude. I understand. That's the problem. I understand. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That is the problem. It's not like they're they're def- clearly defining what excess ro- that's a quote excess rosin is. That there's no definition of that. So they're leaving yeah, it up I mean, to the interpretation. You're right. Right. It happens in hockey with goalie interference. Like nobody can define it. it Pass interference. In- yeah, pass, like no, yeah. So like the more the more you leave the discretion of the officials, like this stuff is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Thank Rob. You. Point well taken. You're right. It's not clearly defined. What is you know, in terms of rosin, what's allowed, and what's not? It's not defined. That is where the problem is occurring. You're right. Let's go to Ted and Edgewater. You're up next here on a fan, Ted. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. I wanted to tell you, I really respect your sports knowledge. Uh, I waited a while to get on the call. I'm going to be 70 years old and watching Yankee baseball, but I have a couple of comments sure. on them and one on the Knicks. Uh, but basically, you know, I think that it's surprising, but the elephant in the room with the Yankees is money. In other words, basically, they have a team, forget the injuries, they're, they really have, you know, look at it, a, a little few positions that aren't very good. All of the situation last year with ter- in terms of the trade deadline, there's not one player that's on the roster. Everyone's hurt. Know why? Because he couldn't pay anything for any significant free agent. Mm-hmm. We have not been in on any legitimate free agents. You can forget Trey Turner. Right. You can forget, you know, any of the major ones. Mm-hmm. Everyone is either hurt, damaged, or what. But, and, but Ted, just just to be fair, Aaron Judge was a major one. Let's just be fair. No, I, yes, I understand that, and that's the other thing. I mean, in other words, he put all his money, had no choice because Aaron is the face of the of the franchise. Correct. And basically, if he didn't, if they didn't sign him, whether he was a great player or not, 
they wouldn't have any, they'd lose a lot of fans. They had, yes. So, but basically when it came to everybody else, I mean, they're, they're not in on it. In other words, Willie Calhoun, it's not his fault. Willie Calhoun is a 4A, okay, meaning he's a triple A major league yeah. guy. He had, he had a little bit of a, of a, of a cup of coffee, did pretty well with, with the Rangers and so on, but he's not really, look, this is the Yankees. But they're trying every way not to spend money. Right. If you look at all of the all of the guys we got, we gave up nothing. That was the whole big thing. But tell me one player that we got other than Bader, who's also hurt all the time, who's a good player. We gave up Montgomery. Okay. Okay. But well, well first, is- first, first of all. Judge base salary is forty million dollars. They did bring back Rizzo. That that's too. I mean, I know they were part of the team last year, but they did bring both of them back in free agency. Now the problem occurs where, let's see, you've got uh, Aaron Hicks making four percent of your payroll. I'm just rounding up here. Aaron Hicks is making four percent of your payroll. I'll round Kiner Falefa down. He's making two percent. You've got uh, wherever his name is, uh, 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 Donaldson. He's making eight percent of your payroll. I mean, add that up. Those are three non-productive players making eight uh, uh, and uh, four. It's uh, what twelve percent of your payroll is being eaten up by those three guys who are just just non-productive. No, I understand that, and we were forced to take Josh on the basis of getting rid of Gary Sanchez. I mean, that was the whole idea, right? But basically, to be honest with you, we. I mean, everyone we got Montas, Efros. Efros a good player. Efros a good pitcher. You see, have you seen him pitch? I saw him pitch one inning for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Very good. But in other words, name me one guy that he signed. Why? Because he has nothing to give. And he, and with this lack of spending, okay, this is the Yankees. They, they, they really are going at it, I think, a little bit cheap since Hank died. And I think Hal is really trying to be austerity-driven. And the fans, at least a lot of fans that I know, are noticing it. In other words, stop, okay? Stop putting average to less average players on the field. Right. Well, You weren't in on any free agents, Rhea Muto. You can name a thousand of them. Sure. Ted, right? Ted, the Yankees have the second highest payroll this year. But the point I'm trying to make is that it's they're spending money in the wrong spots. They're not wisely uh-huh. spending their money. That's my correct. point. I'll, I'll live with that. That is correct. They've misappropriated the money. Yes. So is that, okay. So is it Brian that has no mobility, no flexibility at all, that he's getting, he'll get at the trade deadline guys who have been damaged or hurt and will give up nothing again. And he'll go, oh, clap, we gave up nothing. Are we getting, are we going to be able to get anything at the trade deadline? I know the Mets will, see, and I don't think the Yankees are built to win a championship anymore. I just don't. Yeah. I've been watching this game, you know, well, now for 50 years. And I'm sorry, I mean, 60 years. I'm sorry. But, I mean, I'm looking at all the bright side. I know they signed Judge. I know all of it. Okay? But when you look at the, what they're putting on the field, they're not, they're trying to save money. Yeah. They're not trying to win. I, I Ted, I understand. It's a point well taken here. And, and again, uh, the, the Yankees, I mean, they went out and they got Judge back. They went out and they got Rizzo back. And they went out and they got Carlos Rodon. Although, I, at the time, even before then, I said it was the wrong move. But when you look at the, the, the payroll, like the point I'm trying to make is that they are they are spending money. Brian Cashman is spending money. They, the Yankees have the second highest payroll in all of baseball. Okay, they're only behind the Mets. They are spending money. They are just not spending it in the right spots. Because I just edited this up. 
if you look at, and I got it to the decimal point, the contract of Josh Donaldson plus the contract of Carlos Rodon plus the contract of Aaron Hicks, you add those together, that is 19.6% of your payroll. That is a not a smart use of money. Whereas, you know, you can get a guy like Trey Turner potentially in place of all three of those guys. You know what I'm saying? I would love Trey Turner on this team. Are you kidding me? I would, Trey Turner? The only thing is, he was if Trey Turner was going to be on the Yankees, he was playing shortstop. He wanted to go somewhere where he was going to play shortstop. He was not playing any other position. So just so we're clear on that. But um, that's what I'm saying. Yes, the Yankees are spending money. They are. Judge and Rizzo last year alone and Rodon last year alone. You know, they are. But when you've got 19.6% of your payroll wrapped up in Donaldson, Rodon, and Hicks, you got a problem. That's the problem. All right, we'll continue with this conversation. 877-337-6666. And we've got a nice discussion on Hinchcliffe Stadium with the mayor of Patterson, Andre Saya, coming up in about 20 minutes right here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you here till 10 p.m. It's been fun. This is it's a blink and the show's over. It's really, really, seriously. And that, of course, uh, is a, t- a testament to you, the, the listeners. This is a testament to you, the callers, you, the tweeters. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. If you can't call, maybe you're at work or something, you can't call, get on the phone. You can send your opinions via Twitter as well. Mets have taken the lead, by the way, 3-2 out in San Francisco. And it looks as though David Cohn is demonstrating uh, what Rosin and Sweat does with with a baseball on on the broadcast here. And he's got, uh, I guess, Rosin and Sweat on both his middle finger and his index finger. And he is able to hold the ball, not even hold it, just stick the ball to it. You know, like when you were little with the Velcro paddles, you know, and the, the tennis ball just kind of stuck to it. It's kind of what he was just doing with Rosin and Sweat, I guess, on a baseball. So, you know, something to consider, something to keep in mind. Something for Major League Baseball to have to um, try to regulate because Phil Cuzzy, it's not it, man. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. We'll hear from the mayor of Patterson uh, coming up in about uh, 10, 15 minutes or so to discuss the, the, the grand opening, the grand reopening, I guess, the, the reimagined opening of Hinchcliffe Stadium. So if you're a fan of baseball, uh, obviously no politics involved, but if you're a fan of baseball, historian, of course, um, that's going to be for you coming up in a little bit. But until then, we've got calls, 877-337-6666, in the order that you called. Bob and Payside, you're up next here on a fan. Yeah, Danielle, I wanna, uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, before I get to my IKF point, I have a brief point. About, uh, you know the screen of Mike Fliegelman? I want to give Mike Fliegelman props. They, okay. He, once in a while, I give him his own show. He was on the other night, and he says the key to the game today for the Knicks was going to be R.J. Barrett driving the ball to the basket. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times, you know, through the year, he'd stay on the outside and shoot. And when this kid, when R.J. Barrett drives the ball to the basket, things happen. And he was absolutely right. Or it was one of the keys to today's game. It was. He was when I. He was my. If we do a hockey thing, number one star of the game. Yeah, was R.J. Barrett. Yes. And you hope that you're that he. This is the breakout game for him. Hopefully, he can sustain this over. You know, in Cleveland, and and if they lose, and and then again at the Garden. But he was the key to their victory today. Right. Absolutely. He was creating shots not just for himself, creating offense not just for himself, but for others on the court, distributing the ball late in the fourth quarter. Right. That's what so, you need him to be. So, Fleegs, you were absolutely right. Anyway, let me get on yep. to IKF. If you recall last year, we'd, we'd go back and forth on this guy. Uh, I, I gave three three uh, pluses to him. 
Number one, 23 stolen bases. How many starting shortstops in baseball had more than that? Number two, a great statistic that people don't mention. He hit 330 with men in scoring position. Uh, and number and number three, he hit 270 all year. He dipped down at the end, and that was pretty good because all the averages were down. I mean, Wade Boggs and, and Tony Gwynn are laughing that 317 won the batting title in the American League last year. All the averages were down. Now, as far as this year is concerned, have you seen him play center field? You know, versatile he is? Yeah, I mean he's he's found a role on this. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day when I was watching the game, and I and the game that he it was last night, I guess it was. He stole third, or you know there was nobody covering third. He, he has found a role on this team. I, I don't hate Isaiah Conifer. I just told him a stopgap shortstop, which is what he was, and people got pissed about it. Yeah, if, if I, I was one a, of the people who got pissed. Yeah, up. but but because that's what he, he is. Va- he has value, Daniel. Uh, I'm going to repeat it again. 23 stolen bases this year. Out of the 32 starting shortstops, how many do you think had more than that? Guys, not I a shortstop, though. Bob, but what I, about I, shortstop I, errors? Come on, Bob. I know. He made too many errors. He made too many So right. if you could put him in a different position, so, center field or, or wherever, third base, or wherever you put him he, that's um, not shortstop, that's fine. That's a good role for him. Yes. And by the way, didn't he win a gold glove at third base? Yes. Do you know that he even he even caught behind the plate at one point? I do know that. Yeah, that's. I think. I mean, the guy he has value. Uh, all right, he he made a couple of too many errors, but I gave you you gave me one negative. I gave you five positives. But but <laughs> not as a shortstop. All of that, Bob, not as a shortstop because he was the stopgap shortstop from whoever they had until the, until the rookie was ready, and he's ready now. So now they got to find a different role for him, and I'm okay yeah. with that. He did an excellent job at base running the other night to put himself in a position to score. He's you know? made some great plays in center field. And too. he has. And, and by the way, my last statement but, is... But then, Bob, he's not, he's not an everyday starting center fielder either. He's good here, there, and all different places. I'm fine all with right. that. He has value on the team. My last statement is this. You could tell people, one of the most beautiful cities in the world is Paris, France. Am I right? Yes. Absolutely beautiful. You know, they have a city ordinance. You can't build buildings above a certain height. No ugly size skyscrapers. <laughs> they preserve the, the beauty of the city. Yeah. All right. I hope you had a great Agreed. time over there. Yeah, Bob, you know, and, and, and I actually, one of the, you know, you know, when people say they took got their breath taken away, I, we were rounding the corner. I don't know what street it was or whatever. By the Eiffel Tower, we were rounding the corner, right. and I didn't know that. On the hour, every hour, the thing sparkles, lights up and sparkles. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my, look at this. And we stopped this right in our tracks. I mean, it was beautiful. It really was. And not to get too political, but, I mean, the guy wants to ra- to save money for the government. He wants to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. In this day and age when people are living to be 90, 95, I mean, had they're protesting over that? I mean, come on. I don't know, Bob. I have no comment on anything. <laughs> right. I have no idea. I'm not there yet. I'm going to be working until I'm 100. I'll tell you that much. Well, I hope you didn't uh, run into the protests. No, no protesters there. Uh, Thanks there, Bob. Listen, uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, he, (laughs) Bob said he admitted it. He was pissed. He's a stopgap shortstop. That's what he was, okay? That's what he was. He was brought in to be. Now, if they could find a different role for him, great. Do it. Do it. Guy hits for average, at least. Gets on base. Fine. But wherever he is in whatever position on the field that he plays, the flexibility that he allows, that's great. That's where his value is. He is not an everyday player at any of the nine positions on the field. He's just not. Kevin and Camden, you're up next here on The Fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? Great. How are you there, Kevin? 
I'm good. I got uh, two quick points about the Mets and the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, first off, with the Mets, the Scherzer thing, is, it's total. Just, I totally disagree with it. He was following protocol, okay? He was doing it in front of the umpire. You could hear when you see him arguing with the umpire, it was so cuddly. I don't like, I can't stand him. Um, but he was saying, clearly, you read, I read his lips. Uh, it was, um, what was it, sweat and rosin. Sweat he and rosin. Told, he was doing it in front of the umpire. You're doing, you're doing protocol. That's all Major League Baseball because, listen, you can't, you know, the year they couldn't do anything. You know, they, they didn't test anybody on anything now. I mean, it, it, all three all three ejections have been by the same umpire. If this is on Major League Baseball, they got to get this right. Be consistent with it. I disagree with the suspension. It is what it is. And, you know, hopefully, um, I know Berlin is coming back May 3rd, but you could use that back, I tell you. But, no, nah, I just disagree with that. And as far as the Knicks is concerned, uh, R.J. Barrett, I owe you an apology because I, I ripped him so bad. I, You know, he stepped up. Brunson, I'm telling you, and I love the way this team plays, the grit, heart, they got to resign the kid. I'm sorry. He's, he has been all over the place, hustled defensively, go, shoots three. I mean, the kid just brings energy. He's made for New York. His great uncle is Elston Howard. <laughs> bring the kid back. He's a new, if there's any man made for New York, it's Josh Hart. you got to bring him back. And this team, hey, let's beat Cleveland, and then we'll worry about I kind of want Miami to win. Because that'd be easier for us. Yes. But, you know, just get to the next round and let's get it going. Because you know what? I have yet to see a championship, and I want to see it so badly. Resign hard. Brunson, well, love the way you're playing. Randall's got to step it up, but I'll worry about that another day. Just a great win. Love the atmosphere. Just totally happy with that. So let's go next, and uh, let's go Mets. And that's my points. But just very, very happy with the team today. Have to be, and you have to be there, Kevin. Were you, were you one of the ones out there celebrating over there uh, by the garden today? <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I didn't go. My, my, it's funny because my dad was heading because he's actually going to work. He was heading that way. He was like, game. I was like, you're so lucky you get to work in like Manhattan. But I was like, he, you know. But no, I wish. I told my dad to. I wanted to go to New York, but um, you know, we're, we're just gonna try to make it happen at least. You know, I think next year or the year. Probably the season after. He says he's going to try to give me the one game. So, all right, all right, you know, let me know. And I'll be going to Cooper. I think I'm going to be going to Cooperstown this summer for the see the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, so, you know, that's not the, the ceremony, but just to be like visiting the, the building. I know I haven't been there yet, and everybody that calls is like, "How can you not been there yet?" I might do it too this summer. I got to find uh, a friend it, that wants to do it with me. It, 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 let me know when you do because we might be going the same day. All right. So. Do you have dates picked out? Uh, no. He said um, okay. he asked me. He was asking me how long how long does it take? I said four hours. And we're discussing, like, which day to go because yeah. it's a long summer. But, you know, because I, I told him I wanted to do that for years. So that's something that we, we've been trying to get towards. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure it out there, Kevin. Sounds good, Coach. All right. Thank you. All right. Ciao. Um, also, too, by the way, uh, back to Josh Hart for just one second there. Josh Hart's got a player option. So in 2023, 2024, he's got a player option. You'd have to think that he's going to opt in. You'd have to. Let's go to Alex in New Jersey. What's up there, Alex? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. So I, I just feel like about the I'm a Yankee fan and about the Yankees, I just don't I feel like we know how their season's gonna end. We do? I mean, if yes, I, they're not gonna hit in the playoffs in the clutch. They don't hit, they don't make contact, they're gonna strike out. You're seeing it already this season. I know you were saying, Oh, they're fine, they're gonna be fine. But I don't think so. I think that Brian Cashman, it's it's ridiculous how he's still the GM. Uh, Aaron Boone is a, a, not a good manager, and it's just the same thing every year. We know how this season's going to end. 
There's no chance they win a World Series with Aaron Boone or Brian Cashman. The the lineup is weak all over. Um, I just don't see it. The pitching is weak, and and I'm tired of it. I mean, I, I'm just I don't even I'm not, I wasn't excited for this season. I barely watched the games because we we just know the outcome. It's uh it's unbelievable how the Yankees the fall from grace they've taken. That's how I feel. But um, yeah. I mean, Lemay. Oh, they're Alex. I mean, another, I'm not going to call you to be uh. Mr. Positive over there, you you are definitely a glass half empty kind of person, are you not? It's good. No, I, I it's the what I'm the reason what I'm saying is because we've seen this five six years in a row now. It's the same thing. Brian Cashman is the most overrated GM, not just in baseball in all sports. Wow, I mean, helps. this guy should not have the job. We all know that. I mean, how how he doesn't he doesn't. One of his worst things is he doesn't admit a mistake when it happens. He took way too long on Joey, Joey Gallo. The fact that Aaron Hicks is still on this team is a joke. Mm, that um, I'll agree with. Donaldson. All, so many of these guys. Frazier. So many bad moves. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's no, and then he gets a four-year extension after getting swept by the, by the Astros list. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, and, and another thing, Aaron Judge, I mean, he's great. I think he should be batting third. Um, more more RBI, RBI's opportunities. Um, LeMahieu should be second, Volpe first. I just feel like him batting second, it would make more sense to hit him third and LeMahieu second. Mm-hmm. I don't get why LeMahieu's fifth. And he, that's another, like, Aaron Boone can't. It's always a different lineup. I mean, I just, there's no reason to be excited about this team. So I know oh, you were saying, oh, they're going to be there, fine, Alex. but they're really not. Come on there, Alex. There's a lot to be excited about. I mean, this is, you are a complete sky is falling kind of Yankee fan. Although I am with you. I'm not. I wasn't on board with giving the Cashman the extension, but I'm sorry I had to let you go here. But we have uh, the Mayor Patterson, Andre Saya, will join us next here to talk about the rebirth and the relaunch of the historical Hinchcliffe Stadium in New Jersey. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Daniel McCartan. For about another, oh, I don't know, hour or so, Pat Boyle will come your way. Then he is there in the newsroom, ready and waiting, waiting to go. But until then, you've got me, and I've got on the hotline the Mayor of Patterson, New Jersey, Andre Saya, who is here to talk about the. Rebirth, the relaunch of the historical Hinchliffe Stadium in New Jersey. And if you are a fan of my show, you know that I've supported the relaunch of this stadium for a long time now. And uh, ever since I mentioned it on air, and a very important person called up that day right away to talk about it. And that same person is on that hotline right now, Mayor Patterson, Andre Syed. Nice to uh, nice to have you back. Daniel, in fact, it was about January 1st, 2022. Oh, really? So that long, yes. huh? Well, we heard you on the fan, and I'm not only a fan of your show, I'm a fan of yours. And speaking of fans, I know you're a loyal, long-suffering Jets fan. What's going to happen first? Hinchcliffe Stadium opens, or Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet? <laughs> well, we're here. Well, we'll talk about the draft coming up after this if you want to hang. But uh, I, I really do have to, and, and anybody listening that's ready to scoff at their radio, oh, politics, everybody knows this is not a pol- political show. We're here to talk about the historical significance of this stadium. Yeah. So, um Congratulations are really in order. So thank you. You know, congratulations you. On, a, on a project that you saw from the inception to now. It's uh, it's awesome, really. It wasn't easy, as you know. Hinchliffe Stadium is one of only two stadiums still standing in this country that hosted Negro League games. The other one is in Birmingham, Alabama. It's Rickwood Field. Mm-hmm. My wife and I visited in 2009, and we went on a fact-finding mission. And we said, if I ever became mayor, and I ran a couple times before I finally won the third time, I said. We would prioritize Hinchliffe Stadium, and here we are weeks away from making history. I mean, Larry Doby, who broke the color barrier in the American League, he integrated the American League a few months after Jackie Robinson did in the National League. He played there. Cool Papa Bell, Satchel Page, Monty Irvin, 
A lot of the legends that couldn't play in Major League Baseball played in Patterson. They had a home at Hinchcliffe Stadium. And so we honor the 20 Hall of Famers that played on that field by resurrecting our real field of dreams. May 19th, 11 a.m., where will you be? Yes. I will be at Hinchliff Stadium. We just got confirmation that Whoopi Goldberg is going to be joining us. Whoa. Because she's big. Yes. She wants to tell the story of the ladies that played in Negro League Baseball. In fact, there were three women, Connie Morgan, Tony Stone, and Peanut Johnson, Mamie Peanut Johnson. They played for the Indianapolis Clowns. And they were like the equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters or the Savannah Bananas, the modern-day Savannah uh-huh. Bananas. She wants to tell that story, so she'll be there. I was on the phone with Senator Cory Booker today as well. He'll be there. And Harold Reynolds. There's going to be a whole host of former Major League stars, and who knows if there'll be some present-day stars. I know you're a Yankees fan. We welcome them just for that day. <laughs> uh, so what other activities do you have planned for that day? Can, can the people yeah. listening right now come down? Of course. So you're going to need tickets because we're anticipating a large crowd. Mm-hmm. It's at 11. But then at 6, we have a community celebration. Because think about this. This stadium has been empty. It's been abandoned for 26 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of Pattersonians, a lot of people living in the area, in the tri-state region, who know Hinchliffe Stadium, have a connection to it, they won't be able to contain their enthusiasm. Because I've heard an awful lot of people say, I played high school football there. Right. In fact, Tom Verducci, Sports Illustrated, met him with Joe Madden. Both will be there. He talked about how he played high school football at Hinchliffe Stadium. So it's just one small sample size of like the type of people that want to be at Hinchliffe Stadium. There's a lot of people that are they've been yearning for this day. So you you can't just show up. Like you have to have how do the people? No, get if you're Danielle McCartan, you can show up. <laughs> I mean, that's a school day. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna write you a note. I'm telling you, we're gonna get you a doctor's note. <laughs> All I right, think well, you're gonna have like uh, the sniffles that day. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to run that by the principal. He's a, my principal is a big baseball fan, so I might have to run yeah, that well, by him. Uh, you might as well bring him as well. <laughs> Oh, maybe I will. Well, then that <laughs> might work. Uh, but how do, how do the people get tickets, though, really? Yeah, so they can contact our office, 973-321-1600. And again, I mean, we're expecting, like I stated before, pretty large crowd. So you might want to call way ahead. What's like the number again? tomorrow. 973-321? 1600. 1600. Yeah. Okay. I'll tweet and, that. And I want to also point out that we're not just built – we're not just rebuilding, re- revitalizing the stadium. We're actually building a Negro League baseball museum mm-hmm. right there on the footprint. As a matter of fact, earlier this month, I met with Bob Kendrick, who's the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City, to solidify that we will have a partnership. And so the affiliation agreement would be that we would have the Northeast Satellite of the Negro League Baseball Museum, because not many people will be able to go to Missouri, unless you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and maybe you'll Go down and see a game, and you go to the museum. But we're going to make it convenient for you because you can catch a ball game here in Patterson, and then you can learn more about the legends like Larry Doby. So my next question is, you have seen this through from the initial idea to the planning all the way to now, the opening. Why was this project meaningful for you personally to undertake? Yeah, okay. I'm so glad you asked that question because Hinchliffe Stadium tells the story of American integration. It tells the story of the struggle for civil rights and social justice. 
Quite frankly, it is tragic that African-Americans were not allowed to play with their white counterparts in Major League Baseball. And to know that Josh Gibson and others hit home runs at Hinchliffe Stadium didn't count towards actual statistics with Major League Baseball. I think they're starting to count them now. But we have to tell that story. People need to know. You can't, like, sweep it under the rug, whitewash it. It happened. Segregation was or discrimination was a reality in this country. And we want to tell the story of those that played on that field and played for more than, played more than just a game, right? They were trying to level the playing field in life as far as equality is concerned. So how will this or, or will this new iteration of the stadium, will it be marked as an, an official historical site, you think? Yeah, it is. it is. It actually, you know, Danielle, it's the only ballpark in a national park. So it's a part of the Great Falls National Park. Okay. The, the Great Falls is the second largest waterfall east of the Mississippi, second only in Niagara Falls. We're actually building a river walk and a visitor center named for the city's founder, Alexander Hamilton. So it's going to be quite the tourist attraction. So, yes, it's a historic site. We're going to have flags strewn above the stadium, Negro League teams. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, the Homestead Grays, the Pittsburgh Crawfords, the Newark Eagles, the Kansas City Monarchs. But we're going to tell the story. That's cool. And, and well, yeah. now there's there's another league that's going to make a home there, too. So, so the Jackals are going to call it home. And how, how did you broker that deal? Yeah, okay. So about... I think it was about five years ago, maybe six years ago. Six years ago, I meet with the owner of the New Jersey Jackals, Al Dorso. He's a Pattersonian, well, originally from Patterson. And I told him, I said, look, I am going to get elected mayor, and I want you to bring your team, and we're going to revitalize Hinchlow Stadium. He's like, look, man, it's going to take more than just you telling me this. You could dump $50 million, and I, I'm not bringing my team there, and I don't think you're bringing Hinchlow Stadium back. Well, about $100 million later, we got Hinchlow Stadium. It's coming back. And the New Jersey Jackals are going to call Hinchwood Stadium home. So, from a fan perspective, whether you're you know you're going to the Jackals game, just say what's going to be the fan experience like there. Yeah, so I've been to a New Jersey Jackals game. Mm-hmm. You can expect a lot of fun, especially for families. You can expect fireworks. They have a mascot, not quite like Mister Met, or not even like the Philly fanatic, but he's animated nonetheless. And they're going to have special nights dedicated, like for example. July 5th is when Larry Doby broke the color barrier in 1947. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Larry Doby night. Cool. Larry Doby day, actually. And we're going to rename the street after him. So it's going to be a whole activity. There's going to be a lot of activities there. <laughs> Tons just of activities. We just had a job fair, by the way. What's that? We just had a job fair. About 100 people showed up. Good. So that was good. Good. So, You're about yeah. to make a point. I'm sorry, Danielle. No, I was just going to say, like, when there's not a Jackals game going on, when there's not any of this other stuff going on, what else is it going to be used for? So 180 days are for the school district. And there's a school right there, school five. And it's sad because like for over 25 years, students just peered outside the window and they saw rubble, decay, decline, trees growing out of the stands and graffiti and all types of other unsightly sites, I should say. Mm -hmm. But now they're going to be able to use it. The traditional Thanksgiving game, the Turkey Bowl football game between Eastside and Kennedy is going to be played there once again. It's been like 26 years. I was a uh, Dumont High School graduate, and we had the Turkey Bowl against Tenafly every year. I, thought, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are fun okay. games. <laughs> you didn't play a hitch if you're too. You're way too young. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I didn't. No, and I, I played. I'm going to give band. you a lot of credit. You're still <laughs> in your like 
twenties there, early twenties, oh, no. right, I'm Danielle? Thirty-five next month, actually. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> we might have to have a Daniel McCartan night oh. at Hinsley Stadium with the Jackals. <laughs> That'd be cool. Throw out the first pitch, get that arm ready. Oh yeah, I've done that. Let's do it. I heard you're talented. So, um, you know, just and before I let you go here, just a wider, sure. broader picture, wider lens. What do you hope the the rebirth of this Hinchliffe Stadium yeah. will do for the city of Patterson? Yeah, I feel it gives us an opportunity to experience some real urban resurgence. I talked about how this will become a tourist destination. So you come and see the Great Falls, walk along the river, walk, go to the Alexander Hamilton Visitor Center, catch a ball game at Hinchliffe Stadium, get something to eat. We're going to have some dining options there as well. And then learn more about Negro League Baseball and Larry Doby's contribution as well. And I'm hoping, I mean, not only will it elevate the status of our city, puts Patterson right back on the map because we were the Silk City at one time. If people want to research the history, we did play a major role in shaping this country's future. Mm-hmm. But I also want to point out that we want to attract that Major League Baseball Field of Dreams game to Patterson. With all due respect to Iowa and Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones, that was a movie set. This is the real field of dreams. Yeah. This is where legends play. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to my principal, and we'll see we'll see what I can get done for, for that day. Appreciate and, it. And then get Aaron Rodgers to Hinchliffe Stadium. Oh, can Aaron, you do that? Aaron Rodgers, We're yeah. trying to get the Jets to practice there. We've been talking to the Jets about practicing there. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes. Well, we'll that's right, because you got the connection to Robert Sala, too, right? That's correct. So we met with the president of the Jets and Mayor Tim McDonough, who is Mayor of Hope. He works for the Jets as well, so that was my connection. Well, wow. We're working is... it. We even have the Yankees there. Wow. This we'll is... take all comers. Wow. Multifaceted approach there to the new Hinchliffe <laughs> Stadium. Well, Mr. Mayor, thanks uh, so much for taking thank some time you, for Danielle. us. Thank you, Danielle. Hope to see you May 19th. Thank I hope you. so, too. All right. Thank you very much. And for anybody interested in attending that rebirth ceremony and the relaunch of Hinchliffe Stadium, if you're interested in learning more about the Negro Leagues, again, May 19th, 11 a.m., Patterson, New Jersey. And the number, again, was 973. 973- 321, that's easy, 973-321-1600. You could call that number uh, to get some tickets to that. So it should be a good event. I just hate how it's during the school day. I'll see what I can make work here. All right, so we've got a Pete McCarthy update. I'll be back with you right on the other side of that. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan rolling, rumbling through the final hour of the show here as the Mets and and Dodgers. (laughs) The Mets and Giants are tied at 4-4. The bottom of the sixth out in San Francisco. Beautiful, sunny San Francisco. I got to get to that park. Um, four hours down, one to go. It's been a fun show. It's, got this, it's not like there's nothing to talk about, right? We've got all of this stuff going on. Knicks win big game four at the Garden. Uh, Yankees, I'm not worried about. Yankees will be just fine. And we've got three hockey teams, our all three hockey teams in the playoffs, two against each other in a really good game last night. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. And, of course, I, I kind of wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit if, if, you know, I'll take whatever calls. You know, you, you know that. I'm happy with anything. But, no, I don't want to say it that way. I, I'm, I'm happy with whatever you want to bring to the table. Happy to discuss it. I'm not going to say, oh, no, I don't want to talk about the Mets. Or, no, no, I don't want to talk about that. No, I'm not like that. So if you want, you have a question, something's on your mind, give me a call. But I did want to try to just – I did so much work on this NFL draft stuff, so I did want to get into that a little bit. Um, but before we do that, before we get to your calls, I see some two, two Yankee calls on hold. Um, there's been lots of chatter uh, about blue checks and whatnot over the past couple of days around here. And 
I'll tell you right now, I paid to keep my blue check. I paid to keep it. I did. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Because about, I don't know, two months ago, it was during my period eight class. So there are, there are witnesses. Uh, period eight, my phone started buzzing. And actually, it was my watch that started buzzing. Now, that's immediately concerning. Because as soon as I pull into the driveway at school, the work focus on my phone automatically turns on until I drive off the property of school. That's how I turned it on. Got the geofence, whatever. So, you know, there's only like four important people that can make my phone ring or my watch buzz while I'm at school. So here we are, eighth period, around whatever, 1, 1.30, whatever it is. And my phone, my, my watch is, is buzzing. And, I, you know, I look down at it and it's got a California phone number. Okay. Which, all right. None of my people on my, you know, list are, are California people. So that means they already had tried two times back to back to get through to my watch. That's how that's how it they go around it. So they've tried twice already to get through. The third time, I just kept on going, ignored it, and called back. The fourth time, I pressed the red button, ignored it. The fifth time, ignored it. And then the sixth the sixth time, I I I said, you know. I asked the kids, and, and they were working on their own. I said, listen, can I answer this really quickly? Because it's not going to stop. Like, this is not going to stop. And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. They, they didn't care. They were working on their things. So it turns out it was Twitter calling me. And I Google it. It was it was for real, for real. And it was just this automated message telling me that someone tried accessing my account, and this was the two-factor authentication system, which – came with being verified in the first place, you know, the first time around. That's the whole point of it. So this was just the two-factor authentication feature in action. So long story short, that two-factor authentication saved my account from being hacked. So think about that. If someone gains access to my account and they tweet nasty things while I'm working at school, knowing that I'm at school, not checking Twitter, okay, that's reputation damaging uh, and, and both of my careers damaging. All right, so I, I waited as long as possible. I literally waited until the 11th hour. Um, but because that happened to me, and I'm not saying that's too enabling two-factor fa- authentication. You, you, you'll, as long as you have that, you won't get hacked. I'm not saying that. But because it happened to me fairly recently, I thought that, that paying $8 a month, and if you pay for the year, it actually works out being a little bit less. I just thought it was a small price to pay. It's a nominal fee to keep my blue check and to keep my account safe. And so the only way to keep that two-factor authentication is through Twitter blue, which is what I did. So it's not about status, clearly. Um, so there's the long-winded explanation. Not that one is needed, but, you know, I wasn't called on the phone the other day. But anyway, there you go. It's worth it to me. So with that said... You know, go ahead, tap Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you'll find me there, me and only me there. But uh, we'll take these two Yankee calls. I kind of want to do some football, but, you know, I'll leave it open-ended to you. 877-337-6666. I am not worried about the New York Yankees. Stop with the overreactions. They're going to be fine, especially the shortstop, Mark and Bayside. You're up next here on The Fan. Yeah. What's up, Mark? Well, I talked to you some time back, this is about Andy Volpe, that I, I thought he, he would have a great chance to make the team. At that particular time, yeah. 
he wasn't on the 40-man roster. And you correctly said that you thought he'd be a long shot because they'd have to find room for him to make uh, the roster. Fortunately, he had this phenomenal spring right. and, and, and actually did it. Yep. And, and what I really like about seeing Volpe, especially yesterday, because I was at the game yesterday with with uh, one of your callers, Marty from uh, Westchester. Oh, that's a great game to be it, at. It, yeah, is that uh, when Volpe hit that home run in the bottom of the eighth, they gave him a standing o- ovation. Yes. Which I thought was really incredible. Yep. And, and, and the crowd was really alive in, in that game, that, 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 that pitches duel between Cole and Manoa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like the way he's holding himself up. I mean, he realizes, you know, that that, that he has to prove himself. But you know, he he's, he's done a, a great job defensively at short. And you know, it's going to take him time. I think he he definitely will hit for average. He does have some power. Maybe he could hit, you know, twenty homers, whatever. Uh, maybe more. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And and and, he, and and you know, if his first season. Let's say 15 homers and 65, 70 RBIs, and he ends up the season hitting 275, 280. I'll take that in a heartbeat. But but I think he he really you know looks like like someone you know that that, that the Yankees see as you know as being you know long term with the team. And I like the fact that they're giving him a chance to prove himself. Even though his average is fluctuating at 200, mm-hmm. they, they see. He can steal bases, right. which is something the Yankees haven't had in recent years. Right, exactly. Somebody who's, who's a base stealer. And I think the smart move that Boone made is putting him at the top of the order. Yes. Because putting him, you know, as the last hitter up, you know, it, 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 it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But leading off, getting on base, you have a runner on second, judge can get a double down the line, and all of a sudden you got to run in. You know, I, I think that's, that's great. And... Um, the Yankees do have a lot of versatility on the team. You know, like Marty had mentioned about LeMayu, who plays a solid first, second, or third. So without Donaldson, they're fine. Yep. Eventually, they'll work himself back in. I think his playing days are pretty much done. You know, but unfortunately, they got, as he mentioned, you know, this, this contract, which the, the Yankees aren't going to just dump salary, unfortunately. Right. So they'll try to work around it. As far as second base... Mm-hmm. Uh, Peraza, I think he could do well at, at second. Yeah, but Glaber's just doing definitely... too well. Glaber is just doing too well to take him out. Right, and Torres, he, he, he's been streaky, but you know he, he's he's fine. And I really love Cabrera. I, I mean, I think this this kid is, is is a phenomenal find. I want to ask you what you think about him because he can play all the outfield positions. He can play infield, yeah. and the guy could really hit. Yeah, I, I like him too uh, for that reason. Yeah, you can if you're in a pinch and what something happens, something comes up, you don't have to waste a, you know a calling up a roster spot because you could say, hey, I've got Barraza, I'm, I'm, um, Cabrera, I could I could just put him in anywhere. So you could carry an, an additional pitcher. He allows you to do that, and I like that flexibility. I definitely think so. And you know when Rodon comes back, I, I think they'll be fine. And Bader, we, we we haven't even talked about Bader. Yeah, we saw flashes of what he could possibly be in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think he fits in very fine in that outfield. He does. When and, he's and he healthy. Does have when he's power. not hurt. But when he's not hurt, he, he's, he, he will eventually show to be, if he hasn't already, a, a great acquisition because he's got the tools. He could steal. Think about this. You've got Volpe, who's got speed. 
He got Bader has got speed. This is a different Yankee team. They don't have to rely just on the home run. Right. They can actually do hit and run, right. take the extra base. And I know that's what you like. I you do. don't want to just see a Yankee team rely on home runs. You want to see steal a base, you know. Go first to, go third. First to third. Yes. Right. Yes. That's real baseball. Yep. Me. Yes, it is. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you. You that the, the Yankee team has potential. So when people say, oh, look how they're doing. They just lost two or three. Hey, this is the first series the Yankees actually lost. What are you worried about? I know. I know when you look down the road, you got 162 games. People don't realize when you look at the other sports, this is a lot of games. So I'm sure, like you say, you're going to the game, I believe you said. May 12th, uh, I'll be at Yankees. May 12th, I'll be at the game May 13th. By then, we'll have a better idea of what this Yankee team is about. you know. But I, I think you know, they, they have uh, uh, the makings of, of a really good club. And uh, I definitely think we'll really know when Rodon is in that rotation. I, I, I mean, having him, just, just think about it, and, and, and Cole and, and Nestor. Yeah. No, I mean, Mark, you look at that. I mean, look at, look at that starting pitching rotation. You've got Cole, who is completely underrated, uh, you know, the most underrated pitcher in this in, in baseball, maybe even. I mean, I looked at his numbers to see if he was going to be, uh, you know, Cy Young. I mean, the only pitcher better than him in baseball is Shohei Otani, honestly. So, Garrett Cole, stud, has developed into a stud number one. Okay, Rodon, I got serious question marks about him. We haven't even seen him pitch for the Yankees yet. Okay, but Nestor Cortez, love Nestor Cortez, and maybe Severino will be something. We don't know. But, like, you, you kind of framed out beautifully. This Yankee team is a little bit different than Yankee teams of the past. Again, because of the getting on, you know, a little bit more of a focus on on-base percentage there. A little bit. Although you do have the big boppers in there, too. Bob in New Jersey, you're up next here on The Fan. Yeah, how you doing? Good. How are you there, Bob? All right. Just wanted to talk a little bit about the Yankees, yeah. the state of the Yankees, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the moves that Brian Cashman made Sure. over, over the years. How did he justify giving uh, Aaron Hicks a $70 million seven-year contract? You know, I questioned one? it when he did it, and I still don't it, have the answer for you. I wish I did. Well... I believe that they would try and uh, would like to try and uh, get rid of him, but I don't think anybody will take that contract. First of all, no, they won't. And Donaldson, uh, he's much, much further over the hill. I mean, uh, just a, uh, a flash of what he was. Well, he told me and, uh, about two weeks ago. He said he knows it's still in there. He knows it. Yeah. So. No. Okay. Uh, I know in spring training. Uh, Cashman and uh, the Boone were saying that they know it's still in there. Yeah. But the few weeks that he did play, I didn't see too much in there as far as his hitting. Yeah, I know. His field, and I believe, if I might be wrong, uh, he has a $25 million contract. Is yeah. that correct? It's a 23, yeah. I think. Okay, and nobody definitely will not take no. that contract either. Nobody's taking that on. Uh, twenty-one. It's twenty-one million. I just looked it up. It's twenty-one million, but okay. But it's and twenty. It's but it's twenty-five against the luxury tax. So yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's. I'm. I'm a little. I know you're not worried. I've been listening all night. Yeah. I'm but not. I'm. I've been a Yankee fan for a lot of years, and I'm. A, I'm a little worried. Nah, don't be. They're all right. Okay. They'll figure and, it out. Uh, 
Yeah, and then uh, as far as Cashman is getting, he bought he got two pitchers that that were damaged goods, I believe. Yeah, I, I know Rodon I, definitely was. And and, the, and Montas. Oh, Montas! I didn't want him either. You're right. Forgot about him. Yeah, and and Montas even said when he came to the Yankees when he was in Oakland that he was still hurting. Mm-hmm. Still had the same con, some bad bad moves. Yep, I, I don't understand it. And then they then they give him a. a or your extension. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we talked about it at the time, Bob, and thanks for the call there. I, I understand, but, you know, that's really revisionist. You can't go back and change that. He has a four-year contract extension, Brian Cashman is has, and that's it. It is what it is. But you're right. Uh, I pointed to the injury history of Montas. I pointed to the injury, injury history of Rodon. They weren't listening. They went ahead, and look where it got him. It, you know what I mean? So, uh, listen, I'm not trying to pretend to be smarter than, than a general manager, because if I... <laughs> I would be sitting in a general manager's spot. I'm just saying that I'm not sure um, what the, the line of thought was in, in acquiring either one of those two guys. Paul in Floral Park, New York. You're up there, Paul. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Danielle, my friend? Well, I, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah I'm glad to have and, you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've been uh, crazy busy, you know, running a restaurant. It's, you know, but, you know, it's a job. It's, um, anyway, yeah, all is well with me. Um, yeah, the Islanders, um, I'm led to believe they're, they're going to come back and, uh, win game five and they're going to take it back to the UBS arena. I so hope so. Gotta, yeah, I hope so too. But we got to stay the heck out of the, uh, the penalty box because, yep. you know, we don't, we don't thrive on uh, special teams. That's the one I was, uh, talking, uh, talking about this afternoon. I ever since I can remember the Islanders have you know, their power plays atrocious and you know, as long as we stay to even strength hockey, that's we can we match up with anybody in the NHL. Yep. You know, when when we start falling into penalty situations, uh, forget it. It's a it's a different different animal for the Islanders. Yeah. But yeah, we'll say uh Max Frazier uh, with his uh uh the the, the with the uh, the rising and the sweat thing, that's uh, that's uh, nonsense. It was r- ridiculous. I'm extremely surprised he got suspended for that. But I'm more yeah. surprised he didn't appeal the suspension because if it was yeah, just sweat yeah. and rosin, you know, have right. them prove it that it's not exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. He should have. I, I was thinking he would, but I guess he let it pass up with those two bozo umpires. Yeah, full of crazy. He's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I can't wait to get um, Carlos Rodon back and uh, and Luis Severino. Yep. Um, but uh, Carlos Rodon has had another setback, right? Yeah, he's uh, probably about Memorial Day expected back. Oh boy, we'll see. Oh, boy. It's something. No, it's not a yeah. setback. It's just a different injury now. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep up. Uh, yeah. Because um, it's a lot. The order. The Odyssey app. And I try to listen to the broadcast for Yankees. Uh, unfortunately, Major League Baseball restrictions, they don't let me listen to the broadcast. What? Because I'm not in the New York area. Yeah, yeah. The Odyssey app is picking up my uh, my location, oh. and they block me from listening to the Yankee game. Oh, wow. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to negotiate with my brother to get the subscription for Yes Network. I mean, it's $199.99. Yeah, he doesn't want me spending... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Well, if anybody has a solution to help Paul here, Paul's a loyal listener. We can help him out. Just uh, send me a message, and, and Paul, I'll get that to yeah. you if someone has an answer. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, it's a different world. I mean, thank God it was just as well that I moved, but unfortunately, uh, it's coming into conflict with me being able to keep up with the Yankees. But uh, the CBS, yeah, baseball coverage will come up, and uh, I'll watch them when they come on. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, Paul. Well, thanks yeah. for checking in. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you, Danielle. Oh, uh, my deepest condolences to you guys at WFAN on uh, Rick Wolf. Yeah, thank God you. God bless us all. Sad God bless them. All right, kiddo. All right, Paul. We'll talk, talk to you next week. week. All right. All right, Danielle. Bye. Thank you. All right, with that said, uh, I, I really I, I really have done a lot of work on this draft stuff. So let's uh, – Connor, what do you want to do, Jets or Giants first? Well, I'm a Jets fan, so why not a little Jets? All right, we'll talk some Jets draft strategy coming up next at 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you about another half an hour here on WFAN in New York City. Pat Boyle comes your way at 10 p.m. It has been a long show. But it has been a unique show at every commercial break. We've talked Knicks, Nets. We're about to do Jets and Giants. We've talked Yankees, Mets, Islanders. I haven't gotten a Devils call yet, but we talked about Devils and a Rangers call. So I think we've hit on all of the major teams here so far across all of the four major sports. These are the best shows. This mishmash type of show, I feel like I haven't been sitting in the same spot for five hours. I, I could be on a plane pretty much to Vegas by now. But it doesn't feel like it. This has been a fun show, and I appreciate you guys um, you know, chiming in, whether it be on social media or on the phones. Uh, I did want to talk about, and, and there hasn't been a lot of draft buzz around here. I don't know why. Maybe because you know, none of our teams have a top 10 pick, maybe. Or, like, I don't know, neither of our two teams that need a quarterback. And obviously, that's the most important position. But the Jets don't need one, right? They've got Aaron Rodgers texting and recruiting other players to join him in New York. Calais Campbell said, Aaron Rodgers texted me. It was like, come on, man. Let's go win a championship together. I mean, that's encouraging. If you're a Jet fan, let's go win a championship. So uh, for all intents and purposes, we will operate here on my show as if Rodgers to the Jets is a foregone conclusion. I think it, it – I don't know if it's it, – they've reopened talks and stuff. I don't know if it's going to happen before the draft. Um I think it's more likely it to happen before that magical June 1st date. But that said, we'll see. Um, but for the Jets, um, you have to address your areas of need. The Jets are one quarterback away from having a very special season. And that's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So you have to build your team as if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. And I think, like I said, the trade's going to go down after the draft, and I think the Packers have incentive to do it that way because if I were them, I'd want to see what I have in Jordan Love. Um, if and he's not it, or even if he is it, you know, I'd want the picks in next year's draft, you know, the first-round pick, if, the, if that's what it's going to take. In next year's draft, if that's what the Jets are going to give up, either you're going to pick a new quarterback or you're going to build around them. So anyway, if I'm the Jets, forget about the Packers, but if I'm the Jets, this is going to be a fluid situation, really, actually. So do the Jets stay at 13 to get a playmaker, or do they decide they're going to slide down a little bit and address the offensive line? So if, you know, two paths here, and you got to see how the draft kind of shakes out and who ends up falling in this and that. But because if they go the playmaker route, and if Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, or Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher, they can't be available to the Jets at 13. But if they are, if by some reason they are, you have to pounce on whichever one of the two is available. If not, maybe a trade back. You get you go ahead and get yourself an offensive lineman. And for the Jets, for me, it's a center. 
Like, they cannot roll into next season with Wes Schweitzer as their center. He'll slide to guard, a position he has plenty of experience at, possibly even potentially, or just a depth piece at guard or center, for, or both. But there are only two centers in this draft that I like. John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. He's the 24th best player in the draft, according to NFL, by the way. Not me. And, you know, I, I know... Um, there's another guy. It's John Michael Schmitz, and he he's a good guy to get. But there's another guy, Joe Tipman. He's out of Wisconsin. He's not quite as good, but, but he's good. So if you can come away with addressing a need in, with either of those two guys, I'm good with that. Um, and I know the tackles on the Jets, the offensive tackles, Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton, Cedric Ogabushi, and Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell. They, they all spent time on the IL last season. I know that. But... I know Becton has played in one game in 48 snaps over the last two seasons. But he's lost a ton of weight. And if the Jets front office is happy with where any or all of them are at, then center it is. And I don't love any of the tackles either. Like, really none of them. There's a guy, his name is Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. He's the best available. But in all my research, he's a guard. He's not a tackle. Because the scouts say that his body type, his skill set, this is a quote, are begging for a move to guard. And here's another quote from from an executive. He's a pro baller at guard, but just an average tackle if the team keeps him there. And that's where the Jets are going to keep him, at tackle. So I think the Jets are good at guard, which is why I'm circling back to the center. I like uh, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota or Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin for the Jets. It's not going to be at 13. If you're taking either of those two guys, it's not going to be at 13. Then, if the Jets are kind of still in it, I want you to trade back up. I want you to take an edge rusher. His name is Tyree Wilson at a Texas Tech or a linebacker. Jets have a need for a linebacker. I like Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. And the center, the edge rusher, or the linebacker, they all can address an area need for the Jets like immediately, like plug-and-play. Any of those guys are plug-and-play kind of guys. And the Jets are in such a situation where they need a plug-and-play kind of guy, and there you go. Could be something special. And after that, I, you know, I don't care what happens the rest of the way. You know, a center plus an edge rusher or a linebacker, and I'd be happy for Joe Douglas's in the Jets hall. And remember, they only have one, two, three, four, five, six picks this year. Just six of them. A first-rounder, two second-rounders, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. That is barring, of course, an Aaron Rodgers trade. So that's how I would do it if I were the Jets. 877-337-6666. Chris in Lynchburg, Virginia. You're up next here on The Fan. Danielle, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm going to talk basketball in a second, but I'm a big Jets fan, and Uh I like your draft analysis. I do hope... uh, Woody Johnson and company give you uh, give you a call before they make their picks and ask for your advice. They're pretty knowledgeable, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> I hope they're I hope they're listening. You never know. Yeah, for sure. But uh, when it comes to basketball, um, I was listening earlier, and and, and like I said, um, I'm I'm not, like I'm happy for Nick fans. Or like I said, I'm most definitely going to win this series. And like you said earlier, I heard you say, um, should they play Milwaukee in the next round? It's definitely going to be uh, with uh, money. The money the money's up in the air because. They're playing a banged up Miami team, but there was one caller I thought, and I kind of I wanted I forgot who it was, but he called saying about how it's the Knicks now have a shot to go to the championship, like go to the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, like I heard someone say that. And I'm just it's like, a little much. But... I don't want to be. I don't want to be realistic, but I think it's safe to say that uh, my Boston Celtics are in the driver's seat right now because they just went up three one on the Hawks. Philadelphia's banged up, and they own the Sixers now. Milwaukee's banged up. So I think I think if anything, the Celtics are in the driver's seat. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and you know what though, and Chris, I'm with you. And 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 if you're a Knicks fan, I think winning the first round, I think it was more than you were expected, and I think you'd be happy with that. Of course, right now everybody's all hyped up and everything, all that. But I think if it ends and they've won the first round, I think you can call this season a success. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'm not sure to be the realistic people, but I know there's some people that go a little overboard, like I that know. one call. Like, okay, calm down, buddy. Probably gonna, right now the Celtics look like they're in the driver's seat because they're healthy right now, and then because Milwaukee's banged up, and then Philadelphia and B's banged up. But you'll see what we'll see what happens. But I, being a Celtics fan, I'm pretty happy with where they're at, and it should be a fun second round series with the Sixers and then so forth. But just wanted to chime in on that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Of course, thanks, Mel. And uh, yeah, of course. It, listen again. Right now, it's all playoff fever for the Knicks. I get it. But if you step back and you're like, hey, they won the first round, you know, when it's all said and done, maybe they win another round. I don't know. But a success for the Knicks for me would be defined as winning winning round one, at minimum, round one of the playoffs. Let's go to James in uh, North Arlington. What's up there, James? Hey, thanks for calling on me. Uh, you about the Devils. And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I tell you, hockey, like, well, maybe even more than other sports. Now, yesterday's Devils win, especially the way they won. I know, I know I'm a fan. Uh, m- m- most of you guys are are picking the Rangers, but uh, and uh, well, you have some people that uh, well, obviously are big Ranger fans. But the Devils have had a great season, and I think that two to one uh, Dougie Hamilton OT uh, winning goal last night. You know, the Rangers possibly maybe. Didn't really want to lose a game. Obviously, everybody wants to sweep, but but giving the Devils a life and having a team with so many rookies and so many young players mm-hmm. now gaining the confidence that they can win and win the way they did, I think the Rangers are in for a long series. And um, I think that the, the thing that Boomer brought up about the, he, that was what he was most worried about. He put that the guy's jersey in the freezer. And yesterday he uh, basically defaulted it, so uh, I'm sure you'll that. Sure is that, that the happened. jersey he put in? I didn't know which one it was. No, not me. Boomer Sai. No, no. Yeah. He put yeah, in. That's the one. Dougie Hamilton. Uh, uh, Boomer <laughs> knows his hockey, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually spoke to him today because they had a media at two o'clock. Uh, the coach and, uh, and coach spoke, and Hamilton spoke, and it's uh, it's kind of interesting because I mean uh, the Devils they have they have a lot of good players and they've got some. You know, Fantastic comebacks this year, and uh, it's just that uh, Boomer seems I really know his stuff. And uh, here he goes; he actually possibly turned the series around for the Devils. And I'm going to try oh, to no. talk to talk to uh, Boomer tomorrow because he did pick the right player, but he actually picked the right player to do what he didn't want to have done to his team, be his team. So, um, what, what do you think of all that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I buy into all of the uh, all of, all of it. I, I don't know, but I'm not too superstitious. But uh, yeah, that that uh, I I don't know if that's I didn't know who he put into his freezer. But uh, listen, I, I think the Rangers have. I'm sorry to say it. I, I, already, the Devil season is a success. I mean, it is a vast improvement upon last year's season. Of course, uh, you've got young players; they're getting some playoff experience against a, a pedigree, a season pedigree Rangers team. I picked the Rangers to win, and I think it was seven. I said Rangers in seven. Um, 
it's just the, the Rangers are built different. They are, you know, and they, they, you've seen how they've been able to neutralize the speed of the Devils, and that's that's their that's their bread and butter. So uh, again, I'm still sticking with it. Rangers in seven, possibly six. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We will close it out with my New York Giants draft strategy and your phone calls till ten p.m. right here on the fan. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Pat Boyle comes your way next. He is here, ready to go. And uh, before I get out of here for the night, I did want to talk about, of course, take a call as well on anything and all of it tonight. <laughs> it's been a great show, but I did want to talk about the New York Giants draft strategy. Uh, so the Giants uh, have ten picks this year. That's a lot. And I do not expect them to bring 10 players back to East Rutherford with them. So that said, what are the Giants' needs? Um, Well, lucky for them, this is a very deep wide receiver class. And that's based on my research. Um, And from what I've come up with, there are five wide receivers that can start on this team, or really any NFL team, on day one. Four more that could work into the rotation. And a rotation, by the way, for the Giants, officially looks like this as of right now. Slayton, Shepard, Hodgins. They also added Paris Campbell, Jamison Crowder, and, of course, Darren Waller. Stud upgrades. So this is a deep wide receiver class. I, I know I said it in the past. I'll, I'll do that in round one. I'm not anymore. I've done my research. It's around two or, or even three, really. Um, we'll see how the draft goes. But uh, if I were the Giants at 25, again, I would look at the available centers. Um more so the guards. Um, however, there's a cornerback, defense, cornerback. His name is Christian Gonzalez at Oregon. If he's available, you do it. And, in fact, I like him so much that if he's, uh, you know, almost attainable, I think you move up to do it. I love everything about him, everything I read, everything I've seen. Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback, might be my favorite player in this entire draft. And the Giants have a huge need for one, right? Uh, a secondary cornerback. So if if he is within reach, you do what you can do to get up and get him. That's how much I like him. So, for example, a collection of the words and phrases that were used to describe him are unlike any player that I've I've seen. Desired blend of size, speed, and explosiveness. Quick to crowd and push vertical targets toward the boundary. Like he's gliding on air. Huge takeoff burst. I mean, th- that's like that's amazing. And not according to me, any of these phrases, but according to the NFL, he's the seventh best overall player in this draft. Right? You figure it's going to be top-heavy with quarterbacks taken and probably offensive linemen maybe even. If he's within reach, you package some of those picks together and you do it. But if not, you go offensive line and then any of these guys. I like Joey Porter Jr. He lines up well against the tight ends. And... um we know, and, and he's defense, but um, another bunch of guys that I like, um, Brian Branch, Devin Witherspoon, Kelsey Ringo, Deontay Banks. I know it doesn't mean anything right now, but who knows? Centers, again, are the same two that I like. And the guards, I like Steve Avila and Andrew Voorhees, at USC, TCU and USC. But the real answer for the Giants here is Peter, I said him before, Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Listed as a tackle, projects as a guard. Just talked about what an NFL executive said about him. He could be a pro bowler at guard, but just an average tackle if a team keeps him there. That's why the Giants should go after him. He's begging for a move to guard. And I hope that was a Giants executive. That NFC executive, I hope it was a Giants one. Because he is a player to get excited about at 25 for the Giants. 
I also like Joey Fisher as a late-round pick. Got a good skill set, good disposition, good build. He's just not tested at better levels of competition. Went to Shepherd University, West Virginia. Anyway, for the Giants, it's cornerback Christian Gonzalez if he's within reach. So worth the trade-up. Or Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Stud guard. Second round, maybe a linebacker. Although I only really like two. Drew Sanders will be gone for sure. I also like instinctual player Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin. He might be there. So, And then maybe you start to dip into the wide receiver, the depth of wide receiver talent in this draft class. So there it is. We'll see what the Giants end up doing. I'll be live tweeting and everything, too, with you uh, that night. So we can go very, very quickly. Bobby in Long Island, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Danielle, how's it going? Good, Bobby. What's up? Nothing. I want to talk a little Knicks. Um, you know, I heard you say earlier, basically, listen, I get people get a little over-optimistic after wins, and they start thinking pretty big. But to say, you know, the Knicks, uh, you know, they should be happy with the first round. It's like we're in the playoffs now. There's no consolation prizes, you know. We go for it. I really don't see why this team can't make a run. Uh, yeah, a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, guess what? He's banged up right now. He is banged I mean, up. If, He'll be fine. He'll be all right. I mean, it, it's, it's tough to say. Great. I know that. But at the same time you say that, Miami's up 2-1. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to win. But if you look at the Knicks' path, you know, hear me out. Listen, but, but Bobby, I'm not saying that the Knicks can't win. I'm really not. I'm just saying that, that, that at this point in time, if they win round one, that's a successful season. Let's see how far they can go. I want them to win the whole thing. You imagine what the city would be if they won the whole thing? I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they can't win. I'm saying that if if right now, this, this, is, this is good for them. This is good. This is a positive, successful season already if they win this series. And by the time I talk to you next time, I hope that they do. So uh, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. It's been a fun, fun, fun five hours. Uh, if you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature and select the chart. Start. <laughs> I say that every time. You select the start of the show, which was 5 p.m. Great job to Paul Rosenberg, Connor Green behind the glass, to Pete McCarthy and Peter Schwartz on the updates. I will see you this time next Sunday, actually. Same, same time slot. So in the meantime, Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll connect on draft night. Um, we've got Pat Boyle coming up next right here on WFAA. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Man. WFAA.